I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, what's up, and welcome to another fantastic, I'm calling it now, Whoa. episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast coming to you live from King's Comics in Sydney. Uh, my name is Andrew Levins. With me, as always, is my co-host, Siobhan Puffy Coombs. <laughs> that was actually a request. Oh, really? For someone to call, refer to you as Puffy Coombs. Was it from my boyfriend, Nate? No. No, because he calls me that sometimes. <laughs> That's a good Siobhan very... Puffy Coombs or S. Coombs. Right. Like S. Carter. Well, how do you... Uh, oh, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, we're, we're referencing a, a popular rapper from the... <laughs> 90s through to mid 2000s. He has a similar name to me, guys. Sort P. Of. Diddy, Puff Daddy, Sean Coombs. Yep. Now he's no, be, now he's better known as an actor slash entrepreneur. Oh really? No rappers write comics, in mm. my opinion. Anyway, who has written a comic that's a rapper? Uh, there was that one. Surely that... Rizza had did something. <laughs> yeah, I think he has. Um, there's that one that uh, Ron Wimbley did. I don't know if it was actually written by. The person who it was, was about, it MF Grimm. Yeah, yeah, MF yeah, Grimm. yeah, yeah. There you go. There you well, go. Let us know, rappers yeah. who've written comics. <laughs> serious issues at kingscomics.com or hit us up. Serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter. Today on the show, we're going to be reviewing all the brand new comics that came out last week uh, from Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse, and more. Guys, it was a huge week. It was a sixty-plus issue week, which means we have to make sacrifices. Yeah, I had to give one of my kids back. <laughs> Worth it. Um, but uh, before we get to the reviewing, Siobhan, there's something special happening this weekend. Oh my God, you guys, it's free comic book day. Yay, it's nerd Christmas. And um, weirdly, it's actually uh, pay for pod- comic book podcast day. Yeah, isn't that weird? So you get free so- comics, but you have to give us 50 bucks. <laughs> Man, I would be really into that day. Of course you would be. Um, yeah, so if you're, if you're in Sydney or in the surrounding areas, please do come down to King's Comics, 310 Pitt Street. It's going to be a really, really huge day. We've planned like a crazy amount. It's going to be so fun. We've got Nicholas Scott signing, our like favorite Wonder Woman artist. Dean Rankin, who's an incredible Simpsons artist. He does Simpsons sketches of you. He did one of us. Which I, I feel like I never actually made our profile photo on, on our yeah, Facebook. Yeah, I know. I might do it this week. I've got it somewhere on my desk. <laughs> um, and we've also got Phil Barlow and Helen Meyer, whose work you might recognize from Ireland. Um, he does, Phil does Zooniverse, and they're, they're big time animators, and I'm really excited to have them there. But we've also got like, we've got a, we've got a Batmobile coming. There's going to be free ice cream. There's face painting if you've got kids it's a really awesome day for kids is it just the batmobile have you got another famous car uh the king's van the king's <laughs> is that van. what you mean 
I don't know why I heard there were rumors of another famous car. No. That's, that's why I come to Food Comic Book Game. Famous, famous cars. cars. <laughs> Someone's famous, got a mystery machine, I'm there. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's the 1989 Batmobile, which is probably it's probably my favorite Batmobile, I think. Um, but yeah, and even if you're not if you're not in Sydney, I do recommend it's like an awesome day to go and support your local comic book store. It's always really fun. A lot of places do signings, um, have sales. We have a sale as well. It's going to be a huge, huge um, sale. And it's going to be really fun. And excitingly, guys, you're going to you... say how much the sale is, or you're just going to say huge? No, huge, just massive. No, it's like Trump. twenty. It's like t- it's <laughs> we 20. got a huge sale. It's the we got sale. the best sale. We got all the comics. Uh, it's twenty percent off everything in store, um, but certain items will be marked up to fifty percent off because we're having a stock take as well, which is pretty exciting. We don't usually do that. Um, also, excitingly, is that if you. Um, uh, on the DC Comics Instagram account, Kings are going to be taking over their stories. So I'm going to be um, posting a lot of hilarious, fun videos. You might actually get to see Jim. Guys, all of these voices in my head will be out of my head for one yeah. day only. You could see Lynn. You could Re- see Jim. Regular person. uninvited uh, co-stars of, uh, <laughs> of serious issues. You can see their faces. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really good fun day. So I recommend either coming down to Kings or checking out your local comic book store. Awesome. That's uh, this Saturday all around the world. May 6th. First Saturday in May every year. Best Saturday in May. May the 6th be with you. And on to the reviews. (laughs) Um, First, we start off every single episode by reviewing all the number ones that came out last week. And uh, there were a handful of them. Uh, We call this segment First Things First. And it's time to review all of last week's number ones, starting with our favorite. Yeah. Just do our favorite. Why not? Sometimes we're like, oh, this was the most popular one, so we'll do it first. No, Let's, favorite. I guess we'll talk about Secret Empire Zero. Not this week, everybody. Next week, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week, I want to talk about, to begin with, uh, Aliens Dead Orp- Orbit by James Stokoe, uh, a brand new uh, comic that was kind of, I guess, to celebrate Aliens Day, mm-hmm. except they didn't ship it to Kings. <laughs> Thanks, Diamond. Uh, but uh, luckily, we managed to get my hands on one of the variants by Jeff Darrow, which is a beautiful cover. Really lovely. Uh, James Stokoe is uh, one of Siobhan and I's uh, favorite creators. Um, Absolutely. Big fans of Orkstain. Uh, his uh, Godzilla Half Century, Half Century War. War was brilliant. Uh, his regular cameos in uh, Marvel runs like Moon Knight and um, Avengers one-offs. Mm-hmm. He's and great. He's, he's definitely one of like the best artists to take on Alien. Like, there's I can't think of many people who would be as good at that kind of like really... Jeff Darrow. Yeah, well, Jeff Darrow. I was going to say, like, <laughs> Jeff Darrow would also be amazing. I would read an Alien Ulysses Farinas. Yep, also good. Also good. These <laughs> They're are all, all very good similar styled uh, artists. Um, but the, you know, the, like, Stuko- super, super intricately penciled weird yeah. stuff. Good at, like, getting the essence of the Geiger weirdness. Plus, um, Stucco, like, we saw on his Moon Knight run, is really good at, like, sort of lived in sci fi feeling stuff. He gets that kind of grimy yeah, stuff really well. 100%. Um, and this is a uh, an Aliens book, unlike uh, any Aliens comic I've ever read before. Um, it's very much, uh, you know, we kind of we, we meet the, the team of uh, of what are they? Marines? No, not really. No, they're kind of know. like they're just kind of guys that are on a spaceship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like- in fact, they, they make a point of saying that they don't have any weapons, mm. um, and uh, they encounter another another spaceship that kind of enters their orbit, and uh, they decide to board the spaceship to see, you know, who, who's on board, and guess what they find there? An alien. It's an alien, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, as I was saying, I was like, wait, this is definitely like an Aliens book I've read yeah. before. But, um, <laughs> it's like Alien, the, so, the actual movie. James Deco has a very unique about. style um, and cr- a very interesting color palette as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he loves his kind of like reddy orange to blue pastels. Mm. Um, 
But uh, I think, yeah, just that it, it's, it's undeniably a James Sturko book while also being absolutely an aliens book at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, any, any, like, you know, any intelligent thoughts that you want to share about this book? Cause I'm just saying it's really good. Yeah. It's just really good guys. <laughs> it's like, it's really hard to explain how good it is without it being in front of your face. You should just buy it. James Deco is like, it's, it's a, it's great to see, um, a comic that is like written, illustrated, colored everything by one dude. Um, so it's like a really singular vision. Mm-hmm. He obviously has like a really brilliant idea of what an alien book should be like he seems like he knows the universe really really well um and it's just it's just really good like the the writing is just as good as the art like it's very funny you immediately like i immediately connected with these characters they feel real they don't feel like silly caricatures or anything like i i think this is a really solid book and i'm really keen to see where it goes yeah and it's a new kind of mystery i guess in the aliens universe um yeah everyone they're they're the, the people that they discover are in a chamber and they all get fucked up. Yeah. Real fun. Heaps fucked Also, there's a mystery at the end too. Yeah. What's in the box? Guys, what's in the box? A Domino's pizza. <laughs> uh, so that is Aliens Dead Orbit, which is a uh, a book that I cannot wait to read an entire series of. Yeah. How many? Should we make a guess? Isn't, I mean, it, just a, isn't it just a mini series? Isn't it just five, six issues? Five, six issues. Yeah. Are they going out and saying it? Is it five or six? I, I, I was so. going to guess ten. Hmm. Or, or, or like Orkstein, like 10, but he only does seven and then never finishes it. <laughs> do we know, Jim? Jim, do we know how long Alien Dead Orbit is going to be? Aliens Dead Orbit? Uh, miniseries. Miniseries. Uh, I think it's, yeah, four or six issues. Four, four to six. six issues. Okay, cool. I think that's plenty. I'm going to guess 10. My favorite number between four <laughs> and six. Uh, over to Marvel right now. Ben Riley, The Scarlet Spider. This is a book uh, written by Peter David and Mark Bagley. That's right. If you Straight- love the past. Yeah, exactly. If you love old things, <laughs> written and drawn by old things. <laughs> and I think like, because I do love the past, but I think it's more like if you like things that are dated <laughs> more than old. And not only dated, but also you have to have enjoyed the recent, um, what was it What was it called again? Uh, Dead No More or whatever. Whatever that recent Spider-Man. Clone Conspiracy. Clone Conspiracy. There we go. Thanks. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, Lynn. Um, Your voices yeah. are coming out in full force this week. Um, There's a lot of... There's a lot of context in this book that I didn't really understand because I don't know the character of Ben Riley that well because I haven't read that much Spider-Man from that era. But Ben Riley was masking as the Jackal in the yep. Clone Conspiracy, and uh, now he's trying to be a hero of of, of some kind, but, but on his own terms, and he's not really that good of a guy. And he's like crazy and kind of bad. Yeah, and his face is all scarred up. You know who else's face is all scarred up? Kane. Yeah. Who was in this book too. So you have like two Mark Bagley drawn characters with faces who are all scarred up. Who are both clones of Spider-Man. And, and they, yeah, I know. Like the, <laughs> the one discerning feature is that one of their faces is scarred up, but both their faces are. <laughs> and, um, it's, and, and, and not only is, is uh, Kane also like an ex-Spider hero, he's pretending to be the Jackal in this issue. It's, yeah. It's, it's needlessly confusing. It is confusing. Um, I also love how like dated, like his, his new costume is not great. I will say. He I stole it off a cosplayer. He stole it off a cosplayer. Hilarious, you guys. Um, I did like his Aunt May replacement, who's just like an old woman called June who's in a casino because yeah, um, this gamble. is set in Las Vegas. Who yeah. wants nothing to do with him. Yeah, I will I say, that the, the best thing about this is that it's set in Vegas. Yeah, that is, that is the best thing yeah. about this. More comics set in Vegas. We're going to review another one later on. Um, Mark ba- Bagley's dated like fashion sense for this character. Like, he's wearing sweet wraparound sunglasses and like a... Um, sleeveless hoodie. Oh yeah, like sleeve, sleeveless hoodie. You know those things that people rock for like a month. Yeah, 
I mean, he rocked it for a long time in the 90s. <laughs> That's a very good point, actually. Um, I don't know. I didn't, like, not enjoy this, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not reading an, I'm not, not, not reading an, another issue of this. And frankly, I deserve some kind of prize for making it all the way to the end. Um, in, I wish, in a week I wish such I had as this. something to give you. <laughs> Um, a, a serious issue is no prize. We'll do. <laughs> um, but uh, over from Marvel to DC, and a very nice surprise. Yeah, I was, was really shocked by how much I enjoyed this. Batman and the Shadow, um, a crossover book uh, that's be, been put out between uh, DC and Dynamite. Um, Dynamite and DC really are like merging a lot of their, their their properties at the moment. Everyone loves a crossover, guys, except me. <laughs> but this is a great crossover. Yeah, uh, because it is like a. Uh, a better it's it's been written by Scott Snyder and Steve Orlando and I think I enjoyed this better as a Batman book than anything Snyder's done in a while. Agreed. Um, which isn't to completely rag on everything Scott Snyder has done with Batman in the last while, but I, I enjoyed this significantly more than the All Star Batman and, and majority of his uh, New Fifty Two run. Yeah, um, I agree. And Riley Rossmo on art is um, a treat. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, the Shadow is a character, a pulp hero character who was invent- who was created around the same time Batman was created, right? I know nothing about the Shadow. You love the past, Siobhan. I love you the past. You just said it. You're on record. <laughs> um, he's a character that I know nothing about as well. I, yeah. you know, I, are they trying making a movie about him? Probably not. I don't know. But he's that guy. He has like a big old oh, come on. pointy nose and he has a... Is there a... Oh, sorry. We've just offended you, half of the King's Comic staff. Is there old, a Shadow movie? There is yes. a Shadow movie. Who is in it? Who's in it? Alec Alec, Baldwin. Oh, of course, I have oh, seen that. Yeah, right. I've not I seen the movie. Seen I've seen a picture of it. Because oh, why no, the fuck would anyone want to see an Alec Baldwin <laughs> superhero movie? You dumb old staff members. <laughs> I'd actually really want to see that now. Do you have a copy, Jim? I'll, I'll borrow it. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Official <laughs> from the from the oldest staff member in the room. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he wears a fake nose. Sick. I'm looking this up. This is, if you've only recently started listening to this podcast, we do record it in the back room <laughs> at King's. And it's an open invitation for anyone who current also working in here. Yeah, or I don't understand how, how you do work while, we're, while we record here uh, to, do, to join the podcast. But anyway, thank you. Thank you for interrupting us with a fact that I will never take up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, The Shadow is an old guy with a hat. And um, <laughs> Batman uh, trained with someone that he trained with. Yeah. Henry Ducard, whatever yep. his name is. Um, anyway, he's also another old guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, this 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 uh, comic kind of sets the tone by um, we have like a flashback to Bruce, um, yeah, going back to someone he he trained with, and then we cut to this character who works in Arkham Asylum, who is in charge of of, of meals and making yeah. sure all the inmates get their favorite meals. So cute, and he takes pride in his job, and he, and you know even even Victor Freeze. Oh, is Doctor Freeze? Is it Doctor Freeze or is Mister Freeze? Um, someone, someone confirmed. He's a that doctor, he... but he says he's Mister Freeze. Yeah, exactly. He has a PhD, but he calls himself Mister. We've got sixty more comics to talk about after this. <laughs> <laughs> he even says, "You know, you have always treated me with respect." When he brings him a, uh, f- a fermented shark caught from thirty point nine degree waters below freezing. Um, so he he bring and he brings uh, uh, poison ivy, a deep fried tarantula. Um, he brings Harvey a um, Harvey, Harvey Dent a, a, a stadium dog from the Knights game. Cute. That's fun. Um, but then he dies. He gets and killed. He may, he may be killed by the shadow. Yeah. And uh, Batman is trying to solve this mystery and uh, comes face to face with the shadow and has to figure out who the fuck this old guy is. Yeah. And so that brings him back to uh, the realm of, uh, of, of, you know, meeting back up with someone who trained him and, and a big wooden sword. 
Yeah. <laughs> did I sell the comic? Did I do it justice? I don't think so. No. I don't but I did it justice better, better, than better than Alec Baldwin did justice to the shadow, I'm sure. <laughs> I think so. Um, really enjoyable. Like, I don't know anything about the shadow. I don't really understand what his history is, but that kind of almost makes it a bit more fun from my perspective. Like, it's a bit uh, like there was a mystery there that wouldn't be there for shadow fans. So I think it's worth picking up even if you don't know the character. Yeah, and you know, there, there, there are a history of, of, of Batman crossing over with superheroes that I did not know much of when they did, and then I got into that hero because of it. Like, mm. there's a great... Um, written by Darwin Cook and Jeff Loeb and drawn by Darwin Cook is uh, Batman and the Spirit. Mm. And I picked up that one shot not knowing who the Spirit was. And um, then Darwin Cook started his own Spirit Runs. So I picked that up as well. And I've you know since gone back and read you know earlier Eisner stuff with the Spirit as well. Uh, you know, and I, and maybe this will lead us to, uh, to reading more Shadow. I doubt it because we read too many <laughs> comics as it is. But uh, that was a really good number one. And yeah, nice. uh, I, I think I'm guessing this is another six-issue mini. One of six, yep. But uh, yeah, it's cool that they put such top-tier writing talent on this totally. crossover. Yeah, I agree. Because we're used to pretty like average creative teams on crossovers. Oh, are we like getting that? like what Tom Taylor did the um the, the Justice League and, and Power Rangers? Yeah, that's true. And I think did Tinny and the Fourth do the Green Lantern oh, and yeah. Planet of the Apes? So yeah, shut up, Siobhan. Yeah, <laughs> again, um, cool. So <laughs> oh, that was. See, uh, I think there's. I think I did that thing where I thought I picked up everything, but I don't think I did. Oh my god! So you did not read the number one of the Night Owls? No, Ugh, I didn't even realize that was this week. So you've recently Boo. picked up a comic that um, I love um, that mm. we've not really talked about on the show before because uh, it doesn't. You know, it sells out before we manage to get our hands. On it, so I read it digitally. It's called Four Kids Walk Into a Bank. Yes. Written by Mark Rosenberg. Forget who the artist is, but it's excellent. It is extremely excellent. A really, really funny crime book with uh, with young people. Yep. The Night Owl Society is also a pretty funny, very well drawn, intricate um, crime book featuring young people. Amazing. Um, and um, a very, very clever twist that you see coming but you're so excited because you are like is this what's is what what's about to be announced like you know you kind of see it coming a mile away but you just you stick around to the end just to make sure it happens mm. um it's about a, a kid who is like you know he's a, he's a, he's scrawny he's a weakling but um he he wants to go out and fight crime he realizes he has a two and a half hour window um b- between four and six thirty every day to do that so he, he sneaks out of his room to uh and, and kind of we then see him kind of at school getting a team together to help him kind of fight crime we don't, we don't know exactly what he's going to be doing but he ends up trying to take on a, a criminal organization and he has very long-term plans for for this for this caper that he's organizing um the big twist is is extremely rewarding mm-hmm. uh because we also see a uh, in the, the we see into the life of of the criminal um and and the kind of the empire that he has, he's the way he deals with staff and that he is a, quite a powerful man. And then there's a twist that links the two characters that we've spent time with. Um, Fun! Uh, the art, it's been written by um, t- two creators, written and drawn by two creators that I've not seen anything by in the past. Mm. James Venshouse wrote, Venhouse wrote this and art's by Pios Bach um, and uh, Pius Bach, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's like really dynamic panel layout stuff, like constantly... You know, it looks the panel like, layouts um, change frequently, and it looks like you know. It's, I guess it looks like David Ayer on yeah, Hawkeye. That's what I was it, it's a very easy comparison to make. Same yeah. with four kids in going to a bank, mm-hmm. walk into a bank. Um, <clears throat> but there's brilliant things like there's a lot of rope climbing, and uh, you'll see like the rope tied to the uh, the white space between the panels. Oh, that's fun! And it, like little clever little things like that. Um, the story's great. The dialogue is excellent. It's not quite as 
like you know 10 out of 10 first issue is four kids walk into a bank Mm -hmm. but it's damn near close Mm -hmm. i highly recommend anyone who likes crime books who likes you know if you if you like what the fix should be but isn't this is a much better book (laughs) oh man i'm so bummed i missed that um i'm gonna gonna leave it on your desk right now thank you um so it's come out through idw and i i was gonna point this out idw are on a tear at the moment with um with with creator own stuff and i think it's all because of this one editor or publisher, I don't, I don't know. Ted Adams is his name, mm. and he he writes the kind of uh, the back back matter at the end of this issue, and so he says like, "I hope you're enjoying Animal Animal Noir and Helena Crash," um, and uh, I definitely am both yeah. those, and he's responsible for this one too. So oh, amazing, um, yeah, really really cool stuff. Edited by Bobby Kerno. so I don't know. He's not, obviously Ted Adams has something to do with IDW, and I'm sure if I googled his name before the episode, I'd know, <laughs> but I didn't, and I never will. Hey. Next. No World. You didn't read this one? No, what, so these are it for the number ones you read this week? No, I have heaps more number ones. Okay, sweet. All right, that's good. Thank goodness. But uh, they're all... No World crack. is a uh, <laughs> is a new creator-owned book um, out through Aspen Comics by our uh, sometimes laughed-at creator, Scott Lobdell. Oh, hey! Um, and uh, this is a real dumb book. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm not sad I missed this then. About, uh, basically, there's a massacre in a shopping mall. Cool. And then some, uh, like a freelance assassin um, who was there, uh, pops into a diner and um, uh, she is oh, there. She's to like re- a sexy lady. Of course she is. Oh, and Aspen is Book like- putting out a book with, with a sexy lady in it. <laughs> is this like the, is this involved in the executive assistant series? I don't think so. But okay. but basically she, she recruits, she recruits someone else. And it's like, you know, it's shadowy society. Um, of like freelance assassins killing people who are who are out to kill other people. Cool. You've read this kind of book before. If this is your thing, it's you know has a, a very nineties, early two thousands throwback vibe. If you missed that, um, <laughs> and uh, you can't hold out one more week for um, uh, that Liefeld property to come back, what's it called again? Young Blood. Young Blood comes out Woo. next week. <laughs> this week, uh, pick up No World for sure. But I will not be reading any more issues of this. Nice. Um, now onto the number ones that we both read. Um, oh, another IDW book, Judge Dread: The Blessed Earth by. Um, uh, Ulysses Farinas and uh, Eric Freitas, uh, who we've been loving on Motro mm-hmm. and uh, have actually done lots of stuff with Judge Shred in the past. Um, art on this book is by Daniel Irizari. Colors Colours by Ryan Hill. Um, colors are beautiful. Man, and, the, and the art's good too. It's, you know, yeah. I, the, you, you get a Ulysses Farinas cover, which is extremely exciting because you're like, oh my God, did he do it to interiors? Unfortunately, he didn't. But the interiors are very different, but somewhat channeling the kind of madness that uh, Ulysses Farinas is, is capable yeah, of. Yeah, and I think it's sort of like similar vibe to what he puts out. Definitely. Um, so this is uh, set in a, in a very different, you know, I mean, I feel like every Judge Dredd kind of series is set somewhere completely different. Yeah, it's, um, co- it's, it's good to um, be able to not be too tied down by continuity sometimes. There's been a massacre. Mm-hmm. And um, there are a lot less judges left on this earth than there once were. Judge Red is old. Judge Red is old as fuck. He's mad He's old. He's got a big, big beard, and um, a lot of lot of other judges don't want to be judges anymore because pretty much all of society has turned their back on the judges. But of course, Judge Red knows that the world needs judges. The world needs to be judged, and uh, so against all odds, he manages to take down a bunch of people that would take him down. Um, and we meet a bunch of other characters who he's, you know, who are kind of like he's a, he's co-judges. Mm-hmm. Including and, a sassy robot. Yes. I like that sassy robot. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, it's, I feel like Ulysses Farina and Eric Freitas are great at, at, at writing like, you know, post-apocalyptic scenario comics. And mm-hmm. this is exactly what this book is. Um, I love this and I can't wait to. I'm, I'm really excited that I'm reading Judge Dredd stuff regularly. Yeah, same. Um, and uh, no one hit us up with like classic Judge Dredd books that we should read. Yeah, please do, guys. If you if you're a if you're a dread fan, I would love um, a some recommendations. Oh my god, it was Narm Wolf this week? You didn't read Narm Wolf? God damn it! <laughs> How did I miss all of these? So Narm Wolf. I was so like, tell me what you know about Narm Wolf. Is Wolf in Narm? Right, it's that's werewolf kind of, in Narm. You can nailed it, I guess. This came out through Albatross, which is um, Eric Powell's imprint. Great. Um, and uh, this is uh, written by Fabian Rangel Jr., uh, drawn by Logan Faber, and colors by Brennan Wagner. Um, and this is, yeah, a, a book about a, um, uh, a very, very fresh, uh, freshly joined the army and um, sent immediately to Vietnam where uh, everyone laughs at him because he's a scrawny. Um, and uh, just in the heat of the moment where, the, where people from the Viet Cong, are, so, sorry, soldiers from the Viet Cong are, are kind of like destroying his uh, battalion, um, he suddenly realizes that he's a werewolf and he turns into a werewolf and then he shreds up all the Viet Cong and then he's about to turn on his um on his uh fellow soldiers and then doesn't but they realize that they're now going to fight this war with a werewolf that turns out the Viet Cong have uh supernatural plans of their own oh my goodness this was a lot of fun yeah that sounds heaps fun the art was perfect it was you know it like exactly what you would expect from like a Eric Powell-esque super Mm -hmm. fun um horror war series <laughs> I don't know so whatever many... whatever you expect yeah. that to look like that's what this looks like um this was this was unreal this book um i'll, I'll, I'll lend this one to you too yeah thank you oh, um, man. in fact uh, alexi toliopoulos who co-hosted uh, a couple weeks ago sent me a text saying can i please borrow it too because <laughs> he missed out too but yeah this is, this is a really really fun series if you love the uh you know the horror mashup genre this and you know especially when it's as light-hearted as this this one is a good one for you to pick up i love werewolves guys yeah, werewolves are great. Werewolf, you, are, you, yeah, are we on canon werewolves over Dracula's every time? Yeah, absolutely. We named an episode after that. Absolutely. Big Moose. Big Moose. All new Big Moose <laughs> uh, is an Archie book that came out this week all about everyone's favorite loghead uh, who loves Midge, loves football, and isn't that smart, but he's got a heart of gold. Moose. is the best. I love this so much. This was such a sweet, sweet little one shot. Yeah. Um, this is a, an anthology. Three stories. One is called Moose, Ve- Moose Vending versus the Vending Machine. Another is called Have It All, and another is called The Big Difference. And you've got a uh, lot of different creators on each one. Um, writing by uh, Sean Ryan, Ryan Katie, and Gorf. Nice. And um, art by Corey Smith, Thomas Patilli, and Ryan Jampoli. Um And uh, yeah, we have like you know one that's like a Jughead coming to to the to the rescue of Moose and giving him a dollar when he's starving and and can't afford to uh, buy anything from the vending machine. Uh, then we have a really really sweet heartwarming story about like in one week it's Moose and Midge's anniversary. Mm-hmm. He has like a very important game in which he's like the only competent player on on the team, and it's like he needs to he needs to hand in his midterm paper. Mm. And uh, so it's a big stressful week for old Moose. And yeah, and they can, and he. It, it's, it's, it's like narrated by him. It's a really, really special comic. I wasn't. I thought the art was way scratchier than the than it is in the rest of the book. And I feel like Thomas Patilli, who who did the art on this, has has turned in things that I've liked a lot more than this. But mm. but uh, the story is is that good that uh, I still really enjoyed that that story the most. Yeah. Um, and then finally we get uh, this like would be protege of Moose show up. This young kid 
um, who uh, needs uh, um, crutches to walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically like kind of shadows Moose um, and, and follows him around like a bad smell. And, and Jughead's like, you can't beat on him, Moose. This kid's different. <laughs> and then at the end, it's kind of like, it's, it, I don't know if the message was as powerful as it could have been. But <laughs> but I think, I think the basic message of Moose treats him like he would treat anyone else was really sweet. Yeah. He's like, you're not that different at all. I um, liked it. I, yeah. As a, as a whole thing, like I'm a big Moose fan. And I think that it was really nice to get like a whole a whole issue just dedicated to the big guy. I would love to see more moose comics. Yeah, more moose. Um, we got. I feel like you know I, I, this this. I, I'm so in love with 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 the Archie universe at the moment. Yeah. Give or take, you know, a Josie and the Pussycats and a Riverdale adaptation, but mm. uh, more things like this and the um, that recent horror one shot with Jughead as a werewolf was yeah. uh, really really right up my alley. So I hope they do more creative things like that and this. I wonder if we're ever going to see more issues of Betty and Veronica. <laughs> the Adam Hughes one? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, in a year. It's going to be one a year. <laughs> I can't How many get? we get two or three? Yeah, we've only had two issues. Right. And I also can't believe that it is, that is the comic that Archie have chosen for their free comic book day. Really? Yeah, isn't that weird? That's baffling. A comic mm. that you will likely not see the end of. Yeah. That's the end of the sentence. Like I was going to say for another year or something like that. No, no it's like, probably ever. Probably just won't be finished. Um, Image put out a couple one one book this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Splitting Image, eighty page giant. Um, this is a reprinting of uh, some comics that were drawn by Don Simpson in nineteen ninety two, and then we also get a, uh, a backup Normal Man versus Megaton Man. These comics, brilliant to look at. With I could not believe that they, these were written and like these were drawn mm. in the in nine ninety two. I think the art's incredible. Brilliant cartooning with fantastic colors. Like, surely have they, have they been recolored or something? Hillary know. Jenkins did the color on this, but I don't know. They, they, they looked spectacular given like the era that they're from. I think Don Simpson and forgive me if I'm like totally wrong, but I feel like he was mad. Worked on Mad Magazine, and right. it definitely has that vibe. This is like parody comics about the creation of Image, yes, and all these creators leaving Marvel. So while the art was like amazing, um, all of the references and jokes are hideously dated yeah <laughs> and I, I couldn't i couldn't read more than a page of this so i ended up just flicking through and looking at the art for the rest yeah same i found it really hard to read but my boyfriend who um remembers the split from uh marvel vividly and was really big into image when it first um when it first came into creation loved it he, he kind of he, he read the whole like thing an Im- cover like, to like, cover. An, like an image hero of that era <laughs> he does doesn't he <laughs> no feet oh uh, yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, there's a uh, this is I don't know, I, I guess if yeah if you remember that era fondly, and if you and want a character like if you want characters based on Jim Lee, Rob Liefeld, Jim Valentino, all those char- like all those people, um, then it's pretty it's pretty fun. Yeah, how many how many how much did you get through? Oh, like two pages, and I was like, <laughs> I don't even, I'm too tired for this. Um, so the tables have turned. It turns out oh, you yeah. read more number ones than hey, I did. All right. Um, okay. Oh my god, you read the 24 book. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I, I have regrets about it. Um, so, actually, we'll talk about that first. Okay. Just because we mentioned it. So, I read 24 Legacy Rules of Engagement. Have you watched one episode of 24 in your no. life? No. Neither. <laughs> uh, this is written by Christopher Farnsworth, art by Antonio Fuso, and the art is my favorite thing about it. It kind of yeah. reminds me of Jock. Antonio Fuso is great. Oh, what else he, has he done? Uh, he has done quite a few things with IDW in the last, since we started the podcast. Okay, right. Well, it's very, like, it's, it's good Jock vibes, and this is all about a character in 24 who's, like, the new lead of 24, I believe, now that Kiefer Sullivan, so, 
what's his name? Kiefer Sutherland has decided that he apparently has better things to do with his life. You mean now? Isn't that didn't that happen ages ago? I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this new guy, Eric Carter, and this is a, like a half story about his life as a army guy in Iraq and half about being a gangster on the mean streets. Um, and I think I feel like I feel very funny about comics set in the war in Iraq and I think I feel quite funny about 24 and like in any way because torture isn't really my thing (laughs) Um, I think that counter-terrorism in the states is like complicated issue and um, glorifying it in a weird way makes me uncomfortable but I I enjoyed this more than I thought I would considering I know nothing about 24 and nothing about any of these characters but the art was really good Hmm. so are there going to be 24 issues of this I don't know because that's kind of how it seemed like from the final um is it one hour because that, that's the thing like it's like a real-time show right that's- yeah and it looked it kind of read like that as well like it it read like it was um one hour was there flashbacks hour. and stuff does that work do they have that in 24 i don't know i don't know <laughs> anyway. anyway next um it was fine are you gonna read another issue no 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 probably not probably not oh it's the kind of thing that like i would if I had nothing else to read, but I have so much else to read. Um, one that I really did enjoy is from Valiant Britannia, the new miniseries um, based in Rome. It's like a sweet detective story based in Rome from the very first ever detective who's a, actually called a detectioner. And he is um, the sort of... <laughs> George doesn't think that sounds good. Um, it's written by Peter Milligan with art by Juan Jose Reap. Um, and it's sort of like, uh, it's the era of Emperor Nero and our main character is, um, whose name is Antonius, works for the Vestal Virgins, who everyone's heard of, if you like history. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, there's a bunch of creepy murders that have happened in Rome and they seem to be like, um, motivated by the gods. Like the gods seem to be angry and our hero keeps seeing, um, a statue talk, a statue of Apollo talk. And he's like, is that in my head or is this actually happening? Um, but this is like, this is a really good series. It's always got really interesting. Like it's really um, detailed in its historical accuracy. I mean, like sort of. It's a sexy blonde Vestal Virgin. I don't know how much power the Vestal Virgins really had like this. And I don't think that they were detectives. Um, but other than that, it's pretty great. There's a... Um, were there monsters in the first... Oh, yeah, but, right. like, you know, okay. historical accuracy in terms of, like, they believed in gods and monsters and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, this is also to, all to do with gladiators, and there is a sick female gladiator at the end who seems to be in the center of all of this mystery. So I didn't like the first issue of the last miniseries yeah. of, of Britannia, and uh, then you ended up catching up on the whole thing and really enjoying it. Yeah, I just really like this. It's, like, super up my alley in, like, a really dorky way. Should I love I, historical I fiction. I, I, I like historical fiction, too. But in, in, funnily enough, you don't like American historical fiction. Yeah, no. Because we're talking about Rebels issue 2 well, later like, on. No, sure. I do. I just don't think I like that specific series. Right, sure. Um, yeah, I just like this one. I don't know. I, I, don't I might know give it another chance. I might read that trade. Yeah, give it a go. Um, and there's always really interesting back matter from, um, like... History. Like history, yeah. From various um, professors of history. Really interesting. Um, I also read, well, I, no, you know, I was going to talk about this if you mentioned it, but I didn't actually get through it. Uh, Prometheus Final Conflict. I thought this was a one-shot. It is a one-shot, well, but no, it but ties it's the, into... It's the end of that life and death thing, which which brought together Prometheus 
Aliens. And Predator. And Predator, Yeah, right. see, there you go. I didn't understand that. So I don't need to talk about it. Um, I also read issue one from IDW of Real Science Adventures. Um, this is a spinoff from um, the Atomic Robo series, which I haven't actually read that much of. This is written by Brian Clevenger with art by Lowe Baker. Mm-hmm. And um, another there was another miniseries with art by Wook Jim Clark. Um, this is like about a group of female adventurers sort of set in a kind of alternate universe, World War Two. Um, I didn't like I don't know the history of these characters like the flying she devils but I still actually found this really enjoyable. Yeah, I mean there there is a real charm to all these this real science adventures books and um uh I always start them books and then I never actually finish them. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see myself doing this doing the same thing. But I did enjoy this and I will um attempt to read the rest of it. But Good luck. I, oh, every time I pick up like a random Atomic Robos English, I'm like, man, I should read more of this. A lot of it's available online, so you can yeah, for free for free. So you can read this all online. So guys, you should probably just do that. Those are all the number ones that we read this week. Woo! But don't fret, everybody. There's a whole bunch more comic book reviews coming up right around the corner. But first, I want to tell you about our Facebook group where you can join and oh, you can yeah. argue with us about the number ones from this week and indeed comics in general. Uh, we've got all, over 800 members there now. I don't know what the uh, end goal is. <laughs> 10,000. Total domination. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, we want Marcus Zuckerberg to give us Facebook. Yes. And uh, we need your help. We need you to go and join uh, the comic book group full of only nice people. And uh, it's facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. Come talk about comics with us and the show all day. It's good fun. It is fun. Uh, and on to the reviews and uh, indeed our most beloved segment that I almost completely forgot about because nice. I haven't got the dice out. Oh We're going to roll the dice to see whether we talk about Marvel, DC or Image first. One to two is Image. Three to four is Marvel. Five to six is DC. Nice. First number is three. That's Marvel first. Six, DC. So we go Marvel, DC and then Image. Nice. It's a bummer because I want to talk about Image first. <laughs> we should just choose. Anyway. <laughs> um, let's talk about Occupy Avengers from Marvel first. Issue Why number not? six by uh, David Walker and Gabrielle Walter and Jordi Belair. An incredible creative team if there ever was one. Mm-hmm. This is the um, the book that is, uh, you know, the post-Civil War II uh, Hawkeye, I mm-hmm. guess, looking for some kind of redemption by uh, kind of doing a bunch of social justice uh, e. e kind of yeah, uh, crime solving. Yeah, um, he's pretty much he's taking a road trip across America for some reason to help out with issues, and he's been joined by Red Wolf. Is that his name? Red Wolf. Red Wolf. Yep. And um, Deadly Nightshade. Deadly Nightshade, yep. who is um the we last saw teaming up with Nighthawk. Nighthawk in David F. Walker's series of the same name. First thing I would like to bring to attention is how much Hawkeye looks like a woman on this cover. Yes, it really does. I, I, it's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a really pretty face, but still sweet jacked arms. Um, girls can have jacked arms. They can. They absolutely can and should and do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this, this uh, the current story arc sees they stopped in a town to get their van fixed, but they need a special van fixer. And it's also not just any town. It's the uh, the the like the manure capital of, oh, uh, yeah. of America. But it turns out, guys, post, um, post-secret post invasion, there are a whole bunch of scrolls hiding out here just trying to live their lives, just trying to be regular regular folk, but they're scrolls. Um, and so when Hawkeye and stuff roll into town, they think that they've been rumbled and a whole bunch of stuff starts going down with like other scrolls. Yes, other scrolls, scrolls have come into town to take down the regular scrolls. Um, it's actually a really great story. Yeah, sorry, I made that sound bad. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and uh, it brings in like some other very lesser-known ex-Avengers, 
um, kind of Z-list characters like Wheels. Yeah, Wheels Walensky. I love any character who is in a wheelchair who gets called Wheels. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, it, it's a really great series. I think having Gabrielle Walter on the book has just improved it infinitely. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I'm surprised that he actually was given this and not something um, more in line to like, you know, a limited 12-issue series like Vision was. I kind of thought that would be what he would just do now. But uh, I'm very, very pleased that he's on this book. Yeah, same. And it's uh, he's like, he's really good at the action sequences because I don't think we got to see that much of him doing that sort of thing in the Vision series, which was a much quieter sort of book. But this, um, he really gets to let loose and it's really good fun. Yeah, and it's cool to see, like, you know, Skrulls at one point were the biggest evil in the Marvel Universe. And it's mm. cool to see, like, you know, this dramatic thing in which you're encouraged to kind of feel bad for them. Yeah, totally. In this book. Yeah, yeah I really like this. This yeah, is a great, great series. Really Definitely cool. the best Avengers book out at the moment, I think. Uh, I've got one more issue left of Uncanny Avengers, which I might like a smidge more. Mm, I think I like this better. But- okay. Jury's out. Agreed, disagree. <laughs> um, you know what is the dumbest thing that Marvel could possibly do if they want me to get back into the X-Men books? <laughs> Release three in the same week. Yeah, that was a lot of X-Men. Um, especially when, like, I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know, double shipping means more money for them, I guess, somehow in a way. Mm. Um, there, there are lots of hot takes on the internet uh, that would suggest otherwise. But um, I don't know if you've ever hot read... Hot take saying, like, I here is what shipping. Marvel is doing wrong. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, I've stopped. <laughs> I pretty much only listen to my own opinions about comics anymore, guys. <laughs> I don't, like, go on any comic book websites. I sometimes read people. on. She like, actually turns her I, back I, when I start talking on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I just won't listen. I sometimes go on Twitter, but very, very irregularly. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, and Weapon X issue two this week. Um, and, you, yeah, the gold team is Guggenheim and Syaf. Um, you've got the Greg's pack and land on Weapon X, but surprisingly, the book I enjoyed far more than the other two hmm. was uh, the one by Cullen Bunn and um, Jorge Molina, which is X-Men Blue, which uh, in- deals with the uh, time-displaced original X-Men. Also which, known as the worst X-Men. Yeah, I, th- I thought I was going to hate this book, but this is easily the best of, the, of these three. Um, X-Men Gold... I disagree, but yeah, okay. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll bring, bring it on. But I thought X-Men <laughs> Gold, like, I remember when they're saying, like, you know, this... You know, X Men has been always been this metaphor for for minorities for so long, yeah. and this this run is going to be much less about that and more about the X Men just being heroes again. So I was like, cool, that sounds you know hmm. like a fun change. And and two issues in, halfway through the second issue, um, you have someone on television calling oh, for the yeah. deportation, the deportation, like yeah. the extremely timely, timely, like you know, Middle Eastern like referencing kind of plot device yeah. Of, of yeah the deportation of, of mutants and I just was just like what this is the complete opposite of what you said this book was going to be this yeah the- but I think like from the first issue that was very much coming back to that like sworn to protect a you know a, a world that hates and fears them and I think that's always going to be part of it like there's always an anti-mutant agenda that goes alongside those types of X-Men trying to be heroes stories so I understand where it comes from um, but it, it, it is weird so is this your favorite? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to read another issue of this. I, was just, I'm, I'm, I, I cannot be bothered with mutant-human relations. I've read so many years of comics featuring that, and it's the most boring part of the X-Men for me. Um, I think it's a pretty fundamental part of the X-Men. It's hard to get away from. It's hard to get around. Um, 
I didn't enjoy this as much as the first issue. I thought the first issue was way more solid in terms of just like being what I wanted from an X-Men comic. Yeah. Um, I thought this one was fine though. I'll probably keep reading the next couple of issues, but it's not like, it's not, it's not the best ever X-Men book. Like the big, bad, big new bad guy is like a merc- that, that, that's been teased for like issue four or whatever. Um, is like a mercenary with heaps of pouches. So sick. We haven't seen that before. I can't no. think of any example. Me neither. Absolutely. That sounds all new, all different. Um, but uh, look, I, I guess it's like I, I like it when it's a particular group of humans that have it in for mutants. Yeah. But I hate it when it's just like general like mutant hatred from all humans. Yeah. I just think that's I don't know. Make, give me some fruity comic book clique of of bad humans yeah i mean yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know x-men blue i really liked the art i didn't actually for some reason i missed the first issue of it right so i was a little bit confused there was a little bit with the the cool twist that that they were were working for magneto yeah um that seems fine good does it because magneto may not have the mutant's best interest in mind but he does have the Marvel Universe's best interest in mind because he's trying to send him back to their original time. Also, he has a robotic butler. Um, Which so, is great. Yeah, I thought that was excellent. Um, also, Sentinels appear to be mutants now. I don't understand. A yeah, bunch of Sentinels weird. appear and they go, Greetings, fellow mutants. Well, I mean, like like the issue one of X-Men Blue, like I'm like, oh, this is pretty okay, I guess. And then <laughs> there's a twist at the end. I'm like, oh, cool. Cool. So, yeah, get rid of these characters. <laughs> Great. Uh, but no, I definitely enjoyed this more than X-Men Gold. Um, finally, you have Weapon X, which is a, like, you know, the Weapon X is trying to get all of the Weapon X-related mutants um, in, a, in a test tube so they can clone them. Yeah. I feel like I've read this kind of story before and I think it was better. I will say, though, that I really like um, for once, Greg Land's art, I think, is, is like actually quite good in, in this book. It's because there's no chicks yet. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I didn't hate this, but I, I like Warpath being included. That's good. Yay, Warpath. That's about it. That's all I. That's all I really. It's all heading to Hulk Green. Jim, Jim has a hot take, everybody. Okay, it's all heading, apparently. You heard it here first, everybody. It's all heading towards Hulk Vereen, which is a mutant clone of Hulk and Logan. So Shut up, Jim. <laughs> if Jim's right, we all owe him that $50 that you meant to pay us this Jim's Saturday. Jim's not allowed to talk anymore. <laughs> anyway, that's the X-Books. Let's move over to books that I really enjoy. Black Yay. Panther number 13. What a sexy issue. Oh, my God. The, the, Guys. Like, yeah, I mean, you, look, you know, you talk about men's butts and chests all the time on this mm-hmm. podcast, but this is the single sexiest image I've seen in a comic since we started this podcast. And yeah. it is just a, a ravishing picture of, uh, of Storm in her. In, in her, a sexy dress. In her date night best. Yeah, Wilfredo Torres, like, knocks it out of the park on this issue. A, T'Challa is very handsome. She was a very handsome T'Challa. Um, and I, a very sexy Aurora. I'm but yeah, into it. When, when I turn that page, I may have said out loud, a waka chicka wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you weren't reading it around your children. Gosh. <laughs> Such filth. <laughs> um, um, this uh, is like, and also a really funny issue. Like, this is great. T'Challa gets to like let loose a little bit on some just like straight up bad guys. No more politics. Just some scary snake men that come from a portal. That yeah. Come from a weird. Who portal. gives a fuck about them? Yeah, Kill absolutely. Them Kill them. Who cares? Um, and then we also get to see uh, more of uh, Eden. What's his manifold? manifold like, I, I really guy. enjoyed the the development of his character in this. He's trying to learn more about Wakanda mm-hmm. ways and folklore. 
And um, I don't know, he's, 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 he's used to great effect in this book. Absolutely. Same with um, Shuri. We're getting more Shuri action. It's great. I really like this. This is so good. This is such a good comic, guys. Yep. I like that, um, you know, even in the back matter, Tanahisi Coates talks about, you know, how he's, it's been a steep learning curve for him from issue one to where we are now at the first issue of this arc. Um, and I think that's, it's really nice to see. And I think he's really nailing it. I think he's really nailing the vibe. And it's cool to see that he can do something that is a bit more action focused and not so much, um, as much as I've like, I totally love the more dense political stuff that he's been doing, but this was just a straight up fun issue. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Looks like it's going to get dense again real soon. Woo! Too. I love it. Electra, issue number three. Um, by Matt Owens with Juan Cabal. How good is the art on this book? Oh, it's mostly. excellent. Um, but uh, yeah, this is like the one where Electra is trapped in um, Arcade's Murder World. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a much goofier Electra book than we've ever seen before. This mm-hmm. kind of brings some parallels to older Electra runs, uh, mm-hmm. like through flashback use of flashbacks. Um, great art in those scenes, Incredible. especially. Um, it's weird reading this book like there are stakes in this book but it mm-hmm. does like compared to uh other Electra books it does no real emotional weight to it yeah. but i don't really think that's a, that much of a problem this is just kind of like a fun Electra book and totally all characters deserve a fun run once in a while absolutely if you do want a more hectic um Electra book though because i've just moved house and nate and i were going through all about um single issues and i have a bunch of single issues of the mike del mundo Electra run that was really great Did he guys write it as well uh, i can't remember who wrote it Right. <laughs> it's mostly like the Mike Del Mundo art was phenomenal. I really highly recommend picking that up because that was a spooky, weird book and I loved it. There you go. <laughs> Moon Girl and Devil's, Devil Dinosaur issue number 18 uh, ended the smartest there is arc, part mm-hmm. six of that arc and kind of basically was a uh, very sweet story of uh, Lunella, Lunella um, realizing that she can't rely on her smarts alone. She mm-hmm. needs to... Um, reach out to others when, when, when she needs to. And she also needs to not view her connection with Devil Dinosaur as a curse. In fact, they are in themselves a team. This was so sweet. I love the genuine character development in this book. Like Lunella has gone from not even trusting anyone except herself to having this like incredible friendship with Devil Dinosaur and realizing that the key to their powers is that when there's a full moon, that's when they change. That, like I didn't see that coming at any point. I feel like that was probably clear throughout the whole book, and I'm sure many people picked up on that, but I didn't. I thought it was clever. Um, and just realizing that she she can't, she's not the be-all and end-all. She can't do everything by herself, and that she does need other people to help out. I thought that was sweet. Yeah, agreed. Um, and the next arc is called um, Girl Moon. So it looks like she's uh, going to team up with a... Moon Girl is going to team up with a, a girl who is the moon. Cool. That looks. That seems very fun. That is fun. Also, I want to just put give a shout out. The best word that I love reading in comics is um, Devil Dinosaurs. Maru. Yeah, yeah. M-R-O-O. <laughs> my new favorite made-up word. It's so good. It used to be Jedi. Now it's Maru. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Siobhan, I keep accidentally reading um, The Mighty Captain Marvel. You're nuts. We um, had so many comics to read this week. I don't know. I think it just ended up in my in my pull list, and I was like, "Oh, I'll keep giving this a chance for some reason." Mm-hmm. This is the fourth chance I've given. This. Actually, no, there was a zero issue too. Fifth chance. Uh, Margaret Stoll, Brent Schoonover, Rose Stein, and Ted Brandt. That's a lot of artists on That's this. A lot Three of artists. Art. Um, it was actually a pretty inconsistent art-wise book. There's a very. I didn't realize this. This character is meant to be Spider Woman. Um, oh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this is just a uh, just a baffling run. And I and it just I'm, it makes me very worried for the movie, the Captain Marvel movie, because 
I haven't seen evidence that anyone at Marvel, you know, and I know like, you know, we just complain about hot takes about what Marvel are doing wrong, but mm. here's something that I really, really think that they just need to get right before they try and do it in the movies. I've not read a good take on Captain Marvel in so long. Yeah, I think that my hope is that she's one of those characters that they will be able to differentiate and solidify in the movie that will then pass on to the comics in a positive way. I think that that has happened a couple of times. I can't think of any examples. Yeah. But I think that that that's my hope for it. But it is like, you know, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and I was pretty like, eh, like I pretty, lo- I loved it. Oh, really? Yeah, I was yeah. really underwhelmed. Um I left early. What? <laughs> Yeah, no, you should was, just not see movies. I was napping. It was free. <laughs> I was napping. Um, and I think that when it's not a story drawn from the comics, it suffers a little bit. Oh, no, that, I think it's so much thing? better. Oh, really? Yeah, so I, I, what about like Winter Soldier? That was like the best one. Yeah, but it was so far from what that... What the, it, yeah, but it, it just took used the core the ca- concept. Sure. You know? All right. I but, didn't I mean, know what the core you, concept of Guardians was other than Peter's boring and he has a dad with a jaw. Firefly, Firefly in the Marvel, Marvel Universe. Universe. Yeah, but not that funny or charming or good. I laugh, I laugh my, my, my butt off. Your butt off? Frankly. That's where it's gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not, not working out at all. It's just, <laughs> just laughing in, in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Anyway, each their own. <laughs> you can hear my review of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, which is very positive, over oh, at my nice. other podcast, Hey Fam. I'm just cranky, guys. I don't really like You movies. are cranky, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Man thing number three made me cranky, guys, too. See, I feel like I should have re- read it because um, it made me laugh, but I didn't. This is a so I have no book. rebuttal. <laughs> this is a stupid book. I don't care. R.L. Stein, you're old. You've, people have complimented you for too long. This is a dumb book. Uh, German Peralta and uh, Rochelle Rosenberg on art on this one. Art is fine, but at the core, this is just a real dumb book, mm-hmm. and I, I loved the b- weird little horror backup in the first issue. Thought it was the last one, and issue two was kind of dumb. This was the stupidest backup ever. <laughs> you have this one's called "Like a Horror Movie." Amazing, and it's an arguing couple, um, and uh, you know the, the husband's taking that it is too a far, movie. and they're and they're driving through like a like a deserted jungle forest, like you know the woods. I got there. Dangerous guys, <laughs> deserted <laughs> um, jungle forest, uh, and. Um, and then they finally get to like you know they they run out of petrol and then they get to like a a, a whole like rundown decrepit old mansion and they're like oh I don't want to get in there it says B and B on the front like you know we've we've got to we've got to get in here but like it's anyway we'll be safe and the husband's like I don't know about this and then he the, the a sexy lady answers the door and he's like oh what are you talking about it's gonna be fine <laughs> she get locks him she locks him in the basement oh no turns out B and B stood for be rid of your husband and be happy. Look, sounds like great advice. Where do I find this place? And then the woman says... Does it have an address? Is that him screaming down there? Love it. And then the (laughs) blonde girl says, Ha ha, sometimes the dumb ones scream for weeks. (laughs) And then the brunette says, So glad I found your website, but his screams are getting on my nerves now. Can you call me a taxi? The end. (laughs) I spoiled it for everybody, but this was... Whoa, that sounds so good. I would read a whole series of that. Well, maybe, maybe bring, bring this issue. Is that a service issue. that actually exists? I don't even have a husband, but I will get married just to use that great service. I'm into it. This is so bad. <laughs> oh, yes, we got a Siobhan Snort. We did it. Uh, that really made me laugh. Oh, dear. Um, a comic I loved this week was The Mighty Thor, number 18. Great cover. Great book. Uh, Jason Aaron, Russell Dorderman, Matt Wilson. 
um, one of the most just consistently excellent books that Marvel are putting out. And I've said it before, one of my favorite things about this run is Jason Aaron's ability to just kind of go back to characters that he wrote in previous Marvel mm-hmm. series and bring them back into Thor. Oh Sorry, I just noticed... This this comic is so so good, and I love Quentin Quire. Like he is such a brilliant character. Likewise. Jason Aaron writes him so well, and I just noticed that the t shirt he's wearing says "Ask me about my mutant agenda." <laughs> I completely forgot to submit this in our I panel. I am heaps panel into that. Yeah, me too. That was excellent. Also, something that I don't know if we've never necessarily mentioned before, but Russell Dorman is so good at interesting panel layouts. Yeah, I mean, we've just kind of say he's so good, he's so good and, and I mean that when I say it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, this is like uh, Thor fighting the Shi'ar. Um, and so you have uh, Kid Gladiator and his uh, his babysitter. Yeah. Um, when when uh, when the Phoenix is released, they go to Thor. We know someone who can contain the Phoenix, and they go to Earth, where um, Quentin Quire is just living on Krakoa, the mutant <laughs> island, by himself. Because and- he hates all other people that yep. much. I identify so much with Quentin. <laughs> Um, I I bought the Ask Me About My Feminist Agenda uh, T-shirt. Oh, when did you really? Made it just because I thought it was like I, I find that like that very funny because yeah, my my the thing is, I found it funny because the only people that actually use the terms feminist agenda are mm. people who are against feminism. Yes, absolutely. So I, that's I, that's that's where I saw it from. I don't I don't actually think you like that the, the concept of a feminist agenda is one you can have, right? It's just like no, yeah. feminism is far too broad a thing for us to have yeah, exactly. some kind of consistent agenda. But so I bought it, but then my wife was like, "That's weird," and I was like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> I also like. I mean, I, I I love Chelsea Kane. I love that comic, and I love everything. But I feel very uncomfortable about any sort of uh, merchandising of feminism because that seems. I guess I bought it because I thought it was funny. No, nah, it is funny. <laughs> but I would buy a Ask Me About My Mutant Agenda t-shirt. Um, that's where I was getting like, to. I really wish I, 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 held, I, I held out. <laughs> um, I love like, oh man, Quentin Quiet always has funny t-shirts. Like I loved, um, was he the first one that had like a Magneto was right yep. t-shirt? Yes, yeah, so fucking good. Um, although it was weird when he started becoming a Nazi in Grant Morrison's run. Remember that was like weird <laughs> Nazi youth arc. Um, I mean, he does have slightly fascist vibes. Yeah. I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, Which this, you know, this is just an incredible um, continuation of, 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 of this arc that, that I love just like, you know, it's, it's, it's Asgard and a celebration of all the Thor books, but also just like, you know, bringing in little parts of the Marvel universe yeah, that, it's such that a good, Thor's never been a part of. Yeah, Totally. It's such a good, like a high, high space fantasy adventure. Like it feels very like, like Kirby Thor, you know, like it has that sort of, it, it's really embraces that side of things um, while also, you know, bring Quentin Quire and characters like that into it. It's really brilliant. So this is like, this comic ends with, uh, and this is not really me spoiling it much, but uh, Thor and um, Quentin Quire, Thor is wielding a hammer. Quentin Quire is uh, wielding his psychic shotgun, uh, which he has uh, on board an enormous flying North ship uh, with Asgardian warriors, also gladiator and kid gladiator. um, And they're about to take down the Phoenix. It's so good guys. Like it is, like any, <laughs> I I cannot believe that there are still people who don't want to read this book because Jane Foster is Thor. And if you're one of those people, you're a, you're a stupid, stupid moron, and you should be reading this because it is so excellent. Also, look at the front cover of the next issue. It's Jane Foster Thor and the unworthy Thor, the Odinson, yes. teaming up to take down the Phoenix. So, but I don't like him as much up. now that he's like got a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back shirtless Thor. Maybe if you say Waka Chicka Wow more, it'll happen. <laughs> Uh, I read the last issue of Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat by Catleth. Catleth. Um, that's Cat. About, and also Catney L. Williams and Colors by Cat Shell, Cats and Cat. Nailed it. Um, this uh, was a run that I really enjoyed at first and then I kind of... The, 
the overly kind of Tumblr-esque uh, soap yeah. opera vibes kind of took over a bit much. But uh, at its heart, I really I, I thought this is quite an important book for for um, Marvel to be releasing. Um, it ends with a very lovely moment where you know Jen Jen Walters, who uh, is AKA She Hulk, um, who is Hellcat's best mate, um, she's still finding it very hard to, to talk to people and be friends with people after being taken out during Civil War II. Um, but she pens a note and basically solves all of um, all of Hellcat's problems and, and gets her a whole bunch of money. And there's this beautiful moment where she, she writes a letter to, to Hellcat, kind of like not excusing her behavior, but explaining it somewhat. I thought that was handled really well. And then Hellcat starts crying and then immediately she realizes she has heaps of money. And she goes, she's okay. My best friend is okay and doesn't hate me and I'm rich, which I liked a lot. But then the rest of the issue is them having a shopping spree, which includes a makeover. Great. And I was just like, okay, I get it. Like, like, like I guess the core audience of this is, he's going to eat that up. But, um, totally. I'm, I'm just I'm reminded that I'm not the core audience of this and that's fine. Also, like, that's an unnecessarily capitalist note to end something on by being like, now everything's fixed because I'm rich. I um, didn't read this comics, <laughs> but I hate that. Didn't really happen like that, but no, it was it, um, you know goodbye to this series. Farewell. I, I look forward to trying to. I look forward to never having to try and say nice good nice things about it <laughs> while you try and take it down a hundred more pegs. <laughs> uh, also, ending or almost penultimate issue. Don't know. Or is this the the last issue? Um, yeah, it was the last issue of uh, yeah, it was the oh, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, issue five of Rocket Raccoon, the grounded arc, written by Matt Rosenberg with art by Jorge Coelho. Um, this uh, Matt Rosenberg is so good. Yeah, it's great. Good this, Lord, this this was a was a great iteration of Rocket Raccoon that also made fun of past iterations of Rocket Raccoon. Yep, when he says the uh, Bendis penned uh, catchphrase "Blam murdered you," someone <laughs> like calls him out. And was like, "Do you have to say that?" Or something like, "What a dumb thing to say." Um, it's a terrible catchphrase. Also, right. any comic with Craven the Hunter in it is a comic that I want to read. Also, like Craven the Hunter, like kind of flips between the hero and the villain of this book too. Yeah. Like at one point, saves Rocket because he doesn't want Rocket to die the way he's about to die, but then hunts him at the end again. Yeah, yeah. This is really really fun, and uh, I-, I loved that. This is like you know, just Rocket hates Earth and everything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Siobhan probably loves it. <laughs> yeah, th- sorry. I really did. I love this. I love... Because, um, you know, like I like in this book, Rocket isn't really a hero. He's not really a villain. He's just a, he's just trying to live on this planet that just hates him. And everyone's like, ooh, who's that gross, like, gross animal? And he doesn't get any credit when he saves people. And when he does bad things, it goes terribly for him um and the way that he deals with craven is really funny because craven is setting it up for this like epic like i am you know you are the only animal who like is worthy for me to hunt so that's why he saves him so that he can then you know hunt him more appropriately um and rocket seems to give up and then puts a grenade down his pants and um (laughs) blows craven's junk off which is hilarious and excellent and i love this book yeah and i also love that he's like um at one point says like this is your last hunt craven and then he says, come on, the last hunt was cool. I made that up just yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, this is a great book. Um, and Rosenberg should be given as many Marvel properties as he is able to write. Yeah, just let him write everything, guys. Um, the Ultimate Squared by Al Ewing, Travel Foreman, and uh, Colors by somebody, Yaki. Um, is, this the end? is this the end of the series? Hell no, is it? I don't know. No, this definitely set up something massive to happen. Yeah, right? but it sort of seemed like something that could happen... 
Oh, yeah, it does. Sorry. Yeah, cool. Um, it just sort of seemed like it was also something that could have just existed in a bunch of separate books. Do you know what I mean? Sure. This was, I, I've kind of, I've kind of ragged on what this book became in, in previous episodes. Although this is an excellent issue. Yeah. Um, it was a massive cosmic battle issue that explained a bunch of cool cosmic history. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you have different versions of Eternity and, and the original creator mm-hmm. of, uh, of all universes. Um, you have, uh, you know, different characters brought back to life to give their life back to Galactus to stop him being destroyed and make mm-hmm. him a life giver once again, which I'm all about. I love the idea of Galactus the life, life giver. Lynn will be mad, but I don't <laughs> think she read it, so it's fine. I um, really love Travel Foreman's art on this. As yeah, well. me too. And I think that was especially like one of the, the biggest things I complained about when this book uh, you know, became squared. Uh, I loved his art on this. Yeah. Also realized, rereading some old DC stuff, that he... Uh, was the writer of he was the artist on Animal Man when, it, when yeah. Jeff Lemire st- started doing that? Have we talked about that in the past? Because I love the art on that. Yeah, yeah. He was um, he was also I think working with Jeff Lemire on the Green Arrow stuff. Could right. totally be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was, and I really enjoyed him on that. Yeah. So yeah, this was uh, this was awesome. Yeah. So good. Really great series. Good like good space stuff. Marvel space stuff is heaps good at the moment, huh? Yeah. All the cosmic stuff. Should we talk about Thanos? Yeah. And the phoenix showing up again? Yeah, yeah. Um, Many phoenixes. Yeah, apparently the, apparently the phoenix was in Old Man Logan this week too, which is oh, a comic yeah. that we get uh, yelled at for not so reading. so much to read and I'm never going to do it, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. <laughs> I will because I'm the better host. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Jeff Lemire, Mike Diodato, and uh, Frank Martin on this book. Thanos. Uh, mm. This is basically like the last days of Thanos as he finally succumbs to his apparent death. Not really mm. uh, in this book, but uh, his son Thane uh, basically take is merges with the Phoenix to take down his father um, while Death looks on, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Really good fun. Art by um, Mike Diodato. Diodato Jr. is excellent. Yeah, agreed. Um, was Diod- is, was Mike Diodato Jr.'s dad an artist as well? I don't know. Has there been more than one Diodato, Jim? Jim? No, Not that no, he's no, aware no, of, no. so no. He's, he's encyclopedia. We don't have Wikipedia. We have Jim. <laughs> uh, infamous Iron Man number seven. Um, 
by Brian Bendis, Alex Maleev. You don't read this anymore, do no, you? No, but everyone says I should now. This was really good. And um, basically, like, uh, Doom Doom takes down, like, heaps and heaps of uh, bad guys. Um, nice. Like, you know, kind of known, known bad guys that haven't shown up in a while, like The Hood and... Uh, the Wrecking Crew, and just like the, your classic Marvel villains. He takes mm. heaps of them out at once. And um, uh, then kind of uh, Grimm, Ben Grimm, who is working for S.H.I.E.L.D., kind of interrogates, uh, what's his name, Dirk? What's that guy's name? Um, fucking Dirk Nowitzki. The Wrecker, the Wrecker himself. Um, like interrogates him and kind of learns that Doom like didn't kill everyone. He just kind of subdued them, um, all, the, all the villains, and, and handed them into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. And then um, Grimm gets gets to back to his hotel room and finds that uh, Doom is there sitting at his dinner table and just wants to talk. And, and they don't so much make amends as, like, basically he explains that he is going to try and win Grimm's respect back and yeah. is sorry for the part. I thought it was, it was really well handled. Like, <laughs> Yeah, totally. But that is also pretty funny. Like, I, I know that I've tried to kill you, like, hundreds of times like literally hundreds Genuine, of times that, that's pretty much and there was dialogue. that whole time where I like made myself God but I just want your respect again and I just think we can move past all that no he basically says that like yes I, I, I know all these terrible things I've done but we both know that I can be more of more use not behind bars right and for that reason you should let me go <laughs> mm. I, I and Grimm's like I'm still mm. yeah I don't know I, I really enjoyed it um, seems like a very Lex Luthor way to look at it um, and, I, and I really enjoy. There's one one bit of dialogue where Doom says, "Did you see what that imbecile Peter Parker did to the Baxter Building?" <laughs> and Grimm says, "Yeah." And he says, "I will see to it." And Grimm says, "Don't." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the end reveal is uh, is Reed Richards. Whoa! Uh, at his table, but I don't think it's Reed. I think it's the Maker. Oh, it's Ultimate Reed, even though he doesn't talk in lowercase. <laughs> um, Hulk. Yeah. By Mariko Tamaki and uh, art by Nico Leon. Uh, has Jen Walters hulked out yet? No. No, five issues in. Oh, my goodness. Still hasn't keep, happened. Like, they keep teasing it. It looks like every cover, it looks like she's going to hulk out. And the next issue looks like she's going to hulk out. Well, I mean, how, how I else? she's never going to happen. What other covers would you, do you record? Just like just four, five covers of her crying at her desk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, her eyes do turn green at the end of this issue. I, I, I am ready for it to move on. Yeah, I'm still, I am still enjoying this, and I think the art is still like exceptional. Um, yeah. but I would like, I would like it to just uh, move forward just a tiny bit. Maybe. Also, from a, like, I'm just worried from a sales point of view, like people kind of. Yeah, interestingly like, though, this last issue totally sold out at Kings. Yeah, well, there you go. Hmm. Didn't so even have to tie into Secret Empire. Maybe they bought it because it didn't tie into Secret Empire. <laughs> I just want something that doesn't have that on it. <laughs> um, you know what didn't sell enough copies, Siobhan? I didn't read this. What's wrong with Because of people like you. Yeah, uh, Great Lakes know. Avengers, issues number seven, uh, by Zach Gorman, Will Robins- Rob- Robson, and Tamara Bonvian. Is this, this the final issue? Yeah, the final issue, oh, um, in which uh, they kind of they take, on, they take on the, uh, the evil guy who tried to turn Big Bartha's powers. Big Bertha? Big Bertha. Big Bertha. I get it. Mix her up with the... Uh, Big Bada. Big Bada, yeah. yeah. Um, basically turn her, her, her powers into like a... Into, I guess like a serum that you can that anyone anybody can take, um, and uh, they all team up in really amusing ways. Uh, Good boy comes back. Uh, there's, it's genuinely funny, and uh, they end up saving the day. But then <laughs> uh, they get a visit when they're back at their headquarters, which is just like this crappy house in Detroit. They get a visit from Deadpool. Oh, <laughs> and right. Deadpool is there to tell you that tell them that they can't be Avengers anymore. You've got to drop lose the last word of your of your title. Um, and then he's like, hey, don't shoot the messenger or do. I don't care. I'm immune to bullets. 
Um, that is pretty funny. But then it ends with with Deadpool saying, "Look, what are you going to do? It's not personal. People just don't like you. Maybe we'll try this again in a few years. Who knows? In the meantime, I'm off to have multiple adventures a month. <laughs> Smell you later." And then they that's all a, that's say, "That's an example of like Deadpool breaking the third fourth wall, fourth wall. third wall, um, fourth wall in a like good way." Yes, definitely. And then. They just ends with the characters going, huh, and then it's just the end. <laughs> so this ended really, really well. I think uh, this That's is awesome. a run that I'll I'll treasure and recommend to people that want, just want like a funny Marvel book. Yeah, <clears throat> um, it's a bummer that it didn't get more issues. But would we have gotten an ending as good as this if it did? Probably I don't know. not. So yeah, um, that's fun. Hopefully, um, Zach Gorman and Will Robinson both get lots of work out of this because uh, they're they're very talented. Yeah, and the art creators. was really nice. Yeah, it really was. Um, Tamara Bonvian is going to do lots of great stuff. Yeah, she's great. Week. She's great. Very good. Those are our Marvel books. Woo! Which means it's DC time. DC time. Should we start with the button? Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, you have to do your Batman fascination first. My Batman's real camp. Okay, go. <laughs> hey, guys! <laughs> it's Batman! It. Uh, yeah, so we've got part two of the button, uh, which is uh, issue number 21 of The Flash. And, uh, yeah, in, in, in the first part of the button, we saw uh, Batman get taken down by Reverse Flash before Reverse Flash got disintegrated um, due to the button mer- uh. <laughs> merging with uh, Psycho Pirate's mask. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But comics should be as often as possible. And, absolutely. Uh, this- I didn't love the first issue of this crossover, but this issue had enough, like, DC history weirdness in it that totally won me over like the first page has uh johnny thunder yeah fucking great and then uh, i i bet two i got two words that made you giggle like with glee were cosmic and treadmill like i just <laughs> like the cosmic like <laughs> I, I find it really hard to express why i like the cosmic treadmill so much because it's the exact reason that my boyfriend hates dc but it's just <laughs> like it's just the silliest thing it's the silliest thing of all time it's a treadmill that allows you to travel through time called the cosmic treadmill that is fucking great that uh, is great and excellent and i love it and so yeah upon realizing that uh that um why, why did they decide to use it because this cosmic travel this cosmic treadmill doesn't only allow you to travel back through time it allows you to travel to different worlds uh-huh. um and so yeah upon realizing that 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 the reason that, 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 that you know that the, the button has connections to the flashpoint universe mm-hmm. um flash breaks into the hall of lost and found on the Justice League Watchtower where they keep all the weird artifacts. Sad that the Flash doesn't have his own museum in this universe. Not yet, anyway. Um, And uh, there's some... All all manner... If you're an absolute DC nerd, that one panel you must have poured uh, over for minutes and minutes. Um, The saddest thing on display here is Martian Manhunter's costume. Yeah, where is he? I mean, he must play a massive role in the Rebirth stuff soon, right? I hope so. I really hope so. He is one of my favourite DC characters and it's a real bummer that he's not... Like Justice League books, like I just don't feel like it's the Justice League without Martian Manhunter. <laughs> um, although he was like the weird stand-in, like you know, oh, he's the non-white character. It's like yeah, he's gr- <laughs> no, a green not. Martian. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like I don't know, he just worked so well as like the guy who directs everyone. Yeah, in the great. League. He's a great character. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, Flash breaks in to use the cosmic treadmill to get back to that universe, but uh, a barely. Uh, fixed up Batman after getting the shit beat out of him by Reverse Flash. Uh, realizes that he would have done that, so he he tags along and like by using like a bat rope to like <laughs> yeah. to, to hold on to the the cosmic treadmill. <laughs> I really wanted him to like ride the Flash like piggyback style. Yes, definitely. Or, or on his shoulders. Could have been great. <laughs> um, yeah, there were like 
this this was really good fun this was really silly and the final like um i really really love that flashpoint batman series yeah it's but imagine how like it really made me giggle that last page because imagine if you were batman and you went to an alternate universe and you were like oh shit my dad did the exact same thing as me if i die (laughs) he also was like no i'm gonna dress up as a bat this is a good this is a good call that really made me laugh um I uh, also loved the part, like, it's my, probably my fanal, favorite panel of the week was... Um, Your fanal. Fanal? Yeah, <laughs> my favorite flannel of the week. Um, oh, we should do that, flannel of the week. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know what that would be, but... Um, but uh, basically, like, Flash is, like, explaining how the cosmic treadmill works and how time travel works. And Batman <laughs> yeah. just kind of shoves Flash out of the way and says... I'm aware of the danger. I've traveled through time before, Flash. It's like the best ever. It's so catty and like... Yeah, it's way better in my Batman voice. Do it. <laughs> no. Um, Maybe next time. But it's so camp. It's so sassy. This is a sassy Batman. And Howard Porter's art on this is really, really nice. FYI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we didn't even say it. Yeah. yeah written like, written by... Joshua, Willem- Joshua Wilm. Williamson. Oh, my God. I can't talk. And Howard Porter on it. Howard Porter. I love Howard Porter on this. Yeah, it's really, really good. Joshua Will. Williamson? Why can't I say Williamson? That's I couldn't an easy say name. panel, so it's um, Williamson, he's not writing the main Flash series. Yes, he is. Oh, is he? Fuck, yep. what do I know? There you go. <laughs> um, are you even still reading that? Yeah, you are. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, just quickly, I want to talk about Action Comics number 978. Cool, I don't read that. Uh, so basically, uh, like last the last issue of Action Comics, they t- told Superman's origin story again. Like, oh, again, great. Like, like, <laughs> the hundredth time. Never and I was like, why before. are they doing this? And then I realized they're doing this because they um, have rewritten Superman's history now because they continue on with more events. We see like the death of Superman. We see him, uh, like a bunch of, you know, important parts of Superman's history. But then it actually catches up with uh, the birth of their son. Um, and so they've merged it with this current universe. So right. he, they're not from a different world anymore. Okay. So in this universe, he still died and came back and was killed by... I think that's all been forgotten. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It even has him... He, he he goes undercover in, in, in Jonathan Kent's early years. Okay. Um, and um, and Lois starts writing books as author X. Great. Um, and then, yeah, come, comes back. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, these these things are ridiculous. I hate it when they write an entire comic mm. or a whole entire arc just to explain continuity. Yeah. But uh, it, I don't, that, that, and this is me. That's what they know. did. That's what they did. <laughs> um, and now, now, now that that's done, I guess this, this comic can go back to dealing some crazy action uh, courtesy of the Superman revenge squad. Ooh, that looks fun. And the next thing they're going to do is recruit Mongol. Great. So that'll be fun. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Um, Rip Hunter, um, best known yes. for, being, Being a future guy. guy who likes to time travel, uh, he's he's back here. He has he has a, uh, a a Green Lantern ring, and all the lanterns are like, "How the fuck did you get this, motherfucker?" <laughs> um, and uh, like someone gave it to me. The problem with reading like reading this many comics each week is that like when I try and do a recap, I'm just like re- looking at the comic yeah, yeah, totally each page, like, going, and then this happens, actually? and then this happens. Uh, but uh, I guess all we need to say is this is still very fun, even though there was a distinct lack of Guy Gardner. In distinct this. lack of Guy Gardner, but and I like the implication that he and um, Arkillo in the future become like the best ever Greenland super best friends team. Um, I, I'm not sure if uh, I enjoyed Hal Jordan's final line, Houston, we have a big problem. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe no, go see, back to the writing the drawing line, board. <laughs> and then he added big. It From a 20 year old movie that no one really liked that much. I think that. Um, actually, one- wait, did they actually say that? Is that actually. Am I. 
What did they say that? Did, did they make that up for the movie or, or is that something that was actually said in history? Okay, it was actually said. Thank you, you, Jim. Um, the thing I do like about this book is that they are actually making an effort to give the lanterns distinct personalities. Like this is the only one where I've been like, oh, Hal's different. Yes, everyone totally. Else. Hal's just not like a boring guy. Um, <laughs> so I think that's really good. I think that um, Kyle is pressuring Ceranic way too much to go on dates with him. Just chill out, Kyle. Chill out. For I really don't like Kyle's classic cross costume as well. Oh, see, I do. <laughs> it's so ugly. <laughs> it's the ugliest, one of the ugliest costumes it. in the DCU. Uh, Wonder Woman. Would you yeah. talk about Wonder Woman? Yes, please. What do we want with the big DC characters? Uh, issue number 21. Uh, written by Greg Rucker with art by Liam Sharp. This is the present day stuff. Well, I think it's all present day now, is it? Yeah, it's all kind of caught up, I think. Everything ties into each other um, and we see... It's all one story anyway. Yeah, and, we, and we've kind of we've, we've thought this entire time that um, Ares, the god of war... Did you say Ares or Ares? Ares. Ares. Um, has been like the guy behind, like the, the big bad of this arc. Mm. But we learn that he's actually a prisoner. A sexy prisoner. So, very sexy prisoner. Waka chigga wow. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, he's, he's, someone's keeping him prisoner too. So who knows what's going to happen with this. Um, but uh, it looks like the, the little girl finally gets her face back. Oh, yeah. Thank goodness. That was stressful. <laughs> that was very stressful. Um, yeah, this is so good. This continues to be good. And I, I really like the way that the two story arcs have kind of conjoined on this one sort of faceless girl story. Yeah. And then obviously the, the return Themyscira. Yep, and um, snake bite. Liam Sharp's art is so, so, so good, and all the stuff with Cheetah continues to be like heartbreaking and excellent, and I love this book. I think, what, do we have like two-ish issues left? Like, not very many. Yeah, not many. Um, Less Rucker than five. is leaving on issue 25. 25, there you go. I believe that's his last issue. And uh, th- this this arc concludes issue 23. Yeah. So, so yeah. Interested. It's I'm, be- I'm interested to see what comes next, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to the woman who's taking over from Rucker hasn't written that much. She's just done DC superhero girls, but she like, I like that. I think that that is a good thing. Yeah. And I, I, I think doing it. something significantly less heavy um, themed than, yeah. than, than this run has been like just doing like a really fun glory lap of Wonder Woman is, is yeah. probably the way to go. Also just a, just tiny reminder, Wonder Woman artist, Nicola Scott is going to be at <laughs> King's comics for pre-comic book day this Saturday, May 6th, bring your issues down. She also like, she has some awesome stuff um, that she's going to have for sale. I have from a secret source. And also she's... Is like, your secret source Nicola Scott? <laughs> no, it's Nicola Scott's assistant. <laughs> comes to Queens of Kings. Um, but she also like, I don't know if I've said this enough, but she draws everything by hand, guys. She doesn't do anything digitally. It is all real, real life pencils that you can see on a page. And she brings those pages and she lets you touch them. and She lets you buy them. You should yep. come and buy some original she pages lets you of color Wonder them Woman in. art. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, they're amazing. Uh, Suicide Squad. Um, guess what, Siobhan? I know you don't read this. Um, but I don't. They have finally done what they should have done from the beginning. And now this Committed is... Suicide. even though, <laughs> Even though it's drawn by Tony S. Daniel, who I'm not the biggest fan of um, all the time. And sometimes yeah. I am. I'm not really this That's time That's a good Luther face. Uh, yeah. Um, he's got a faces. That's about it yeah. in this book. Um, but uh, they, it's written by Rob Williams. And it is finally the same artist from start to finish it's no more of that bullshit 10 page and then a 10 page backup they um, just kicked jim lee off or jim lee just was like well, no, jim lee has, too expensive the last arc was all john ramita jr uh right okay um and then eddie barra is doing <laughs> the backup um but uh yeah this is uh, basically like a, an entire issue about um amanda waller and her suicide squad trying to infiltrate lex corp oh cool um, oh that's pretty fun yeah and uh 
the reason that they're doing that is so that they can get a piece of kryptonite that they can put in the... They've captured uh, Zod and they're putting wow. a kryptonite bomb in his brain so now cool. she can control Zod. So Zod's officially a member of the Suicide Squad. What? I know this is like... That's bonkers. This went from like, I hate this book to like, I've Stockholm syndrome myself into enjoying this book. <laughs> I now just straight up enjoy this book. So I yeah, did it, everyone. Fun. We did it. Full circle. Suicide Squad is very fun. Um, Rob Williams is a great writer. In fact, he also writes another book that you don't read. Uh, Unfollow, True. issue number 18, which is a Vertigo, Vertigo book this week. It was the final issue. Uh, Rob Williams, Michael Dowling, and uh, Colors by Quentin Winter, which is a great name. We've not said on the, yeah, on the show cool. before. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so this is a book that uh, Vertigo, started at Vertigo last year, and um, I've... I, you know, reading the first issue, as I, I said repeatedly, how I couldn't wait for this to, you know, reach the 60th issue because mm. I could t- tell they had so much to say. It was the uh, basically, you know, 140 um, people win uh, the millions of a, of a of a dying billionaire, and uh, each time one of them dies, the mil- the billions get redistributed, so you get more the less people that are alive, and so it, it becomes a, a murder match, basically. Um, and it you know, had, had a lot of things to say about social media that weren't inane and things you've heard before on Mamma, Mamma Mia articles. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 you could That's tell they're really... a very Australian reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's, the, what's the American Mamma Mia? I don't know. What's, I don't know. Like every single website has Mummy websites. Um, no one likes social media online. No. Um, but, uh, you know, they had a lot of, lot of things to say. It was a really engrossing story. And then suddenly it was announced that it was going to be ending with issue 18. And so we jumped forward. Um, hundreds of characters died on in one issue. Amazing. And then the rest of them slowly got picked off or quickly got picked off in, in, the, in the last few issues. So it ended quite abruptly. Um, and I think it's still a good run. Um, you know, 18 issues at Vertigo is, is something that doesn't happen very often. Mm. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I guess there there were moments of this that I that just didn't feel like the way I thought the story would go, mm. and a few things introduced, um, like you know things that are kind of previously you so or like you know like voices that some of the characters hear that you attribute to the, their madness or whatever. It turns out no, they're not mad. These things actually exist, maybe or not. I don't know. Right. Okay. Um, and then there's a really hilariously graphic sex scene <laughs> <laughs> that I just thought was just really odd. Oh wow! That is. <laughs> It is graphic. <laughs> Great, um, that are uh, like I, 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 the. I feel like these these are characters that that had sex very early on in the series, right? Um, so that them have it again was an inevitab- inevitability. Yeah. But uh, yeah, maybe we kind of talked about the primal right, state okay. of, of of humans or something. I don't know, but it was funny anyway. Funny. Um, doggy style in comics, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Always funny. <laughs> uh, so yeah, unfollow. It's it's. I, I would still recommend this run if you want, want something that you know felt thematically similar to Brian K. Vaughan's Why the Last Man, I'd recommend Unfollow. Yeah, I'm keen to... Um, I've read the first trade and I'm keen to check out the rest of the trade. <laughs> I think it's, well, this will only be like a, a three-trade run. Yeah, sounds like it. Pretty easy. Nice. Detective Comics, League of Shadows, uh, issue 955, written by James Tinian the fifth, fourth? Fourth. Um, with um, art by... Uh, an artist that I, I don't think belongs in this book because it's been quite DC house style and that really worked for a book like this. Um, this uh, this this is quite a much rougher style. Um, his name is Takara. I don't know his first Masu name. Masu Takara. Yeah, I, it's it's not bad. Yeah. It's just I don't think it fits this book as well as the other artists did. There are bits where I think it really, really, really does work. Yep. But it also seems like a bit rushed for um, for Takara's 
general work, but some of the some of the up close panels of Cassandra's face and stuff, I really really loved. Yeah, I thought that they were amazing. So I thought, like you know, this is this is not the strongest arc um, of this run so far. But when it started, we were kind of longing for the run that kind of fleshed out Cassandra Kane a bit more. Yeah, and this is definitely that. So I liked totally. it because of that. Yeah, like or like just the just the character development stuff for um, Cassandra makes it worthwhile for me. Supergirl being super, book three of what I thought would be three, but it's actually four. That's the best. Uh, what Marika, great news. Marika Tamaki. I also love that this book always seems to come out the same week as one of Marika Tamaki's issues of Hulk. Yeah. Um, art on this one by Joelle Jones with Kelly uh, Fitzpatrick on colors. Good Lord. Joelle Jones is such a like extraordinary talent. This yeah. is one of the most beautiful books. And as Lynn said when she saw the issue, look at how look at how she doesn't have giant tits on the cover. Isn't that yeah, yeah. refreshing? Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice that she looks like a teenager? Yeah. This is, this is, a, this is great. I, I wish that this would just become the version of Supergirl in the DC universe because the Supergirl book that Steve Orlando writes is needlessly convoluted. Yeah. Um, But that's like, that is an un... Like, this is a Supergirl that exists in a DC universe that doesn't have Superman in it. So it's a kind of... Supergirl is unnecessarily convoluted because of mainstream continuity which sucks um but i love this version of the character and I'm, i love this miniseries i think it's so good yeah and this is like it deals with her her memories of krypton mm-hmm. and like the fact that she couldn't save her friends mm-hmm. um and one of her you know her, her one of her friends just acceptance of her no matter what yeah that was really sweet there's a lot Absolutely. of brilliant issues kind of explored in this in this series and this is you know, going to probably we'll probably year the, end the year with this being one of, if not my favorite DC series of the year. And Joel Jones is so like this is a series that really, um, you know, makes like they feel like real teens. The clothes are like teenagers' dress. Yep. Um, it's looks real. It looks lived in. I yeah, I really love this. Real good stuff. <laughs> um, Batgirl number ten. Speaking of. Uh, female counterparts of uh, the, the DC big, big superheroes. Um, a, this starts with Batgirl playing uh, ping pong with the Penguin. So obviously it goes downhill from there because that was <laughs> one of the best things I saw this week. Yes. Yeah, um, written by Hope Larson with um, um, art by Chris Wildgoose. Who um, I really like. And I really like on this book. Pencils by Chris Wildgoose. Inks by John Lamb. Colors by Matt Lopez. Um, I This has gotten a bit too relationship heavy. I guess. Oh yeah, I guess. On and off, I guess. Like it's the it's the relationship and tech stuff. I can have, handle one at a time, not both. <laughs> um, but uh, but she's know. in a relationship with a tech guy. I know, I know. It's unavoidable. <laughs> um, also, I love like uh, Nightwing just conveniently showing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No mention with his of, mo- with his motorcycle on. Like. Yeah, no mention of his potentially pregnant girlfriend. Yeah, I know. But they don't have a romantic interaction in this. So that's I'm true. Like, that's fine. They can still be. They can still be buds. Yeah. Um, I I quite like this. I, I, yeah, like there are things about this that feel cringy to me or something. Like uh, some of the commentary on like tech culture and stuff like that. <laughs> when she's like, I need to go deep hacking or deep mainframe or whatever, what whatever she calls about. it. That stuff is pretty dorky. So she, at one point to figure out what happened with a, with a girl who crashed their, her car into a cafe. Yeah. Um, she... I don't know what she does. What does she do? She looks at her computer really she goes, hard. She goes, this calls for hacking in hyper-focus. So it's a combination <laughs> of her skills as a hacker slash her meditation skills that she picked up on her travels in Asia. So what happens <laughs> is her, her eyes go yellow and then 00100, all coding come, like, is superimposed over her face. And then she's able to see 
exactly what happened to this girl. Like her entire day. Like that bit was a weird stretch. I I agree that bit was a weird stretch. Someone actually asked um, on the Serious Issues Facebook group this week, what's the most inconsistent superpower? This has to be up there now. I've, <laughs> like super, Supergirl, sorry, uh, what's her name? Batgirl. Batgirl has... Uh, super like, hacking. Yeah. What is it, what is it she refer to it as? Hack- hyperfocus. Hyper, hacking and f- hyperfocus. Get rid of that shit. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't think it's supposed to be like a real power. I think it's supposed to just be like... She's a really good hacker, but it does. It is a bit lame. But I like the concept of like the penguin having an illegitimate son who is like desperate for his approval. Yep, I think that works pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I sort of like every time I read this, there's bits that make me go like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty lame," but I still really like it. Also, the penguin's son um, is called Black Son. Yeah, that's his, that's his, 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 that's his bad guy name now. I thought I really wanted him to be called like Cuck. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to call us up. Someone needs to name a bad guy in superhero cuck. No, no, they don't. I they really don't. I'm, I'm I wish sorry. It was, I, I wish it was. I use that word extremely ironically. I hate it when it is used unironically, but I do find it the use that it's it funny. It is very funny. Um, I sort of wish that it he had like a more penguin themed name because he still kind of looks like a penguin. Yeah. And I wish he'd been called like emperor or, oh, or fairy. True. Yeah, yeah. Fairy. Puffin, puffin. There puffin. you go. That oh my god, perfect. that's a great one. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Finally, from uh, DC, before we move over to Young Animal, um, the Commandy Challenge, issue four of 12. This is the uh, wild collaborative comic in which a different creative team write each issue and get our character, Commandy, the last boy on earth, um, out of the trouble that the previous creative team put him in. And so this uh, week we had James Tinney in the fourth with Carlos Deander. Create uh, an artist I'm not familiar with at all. No, but I really liked it. Yeah, this. me too. It was really, really cool. Um, and this uh, involved an, a giant robotic tiger and um, jaguar. Jaguar, sorry. They all look the same to me. <laughs> um, You're and a cat racist. Cat ra- <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna first. I was gonna name this episode "Cranky Guys." Then I was gonna name it "Waka Chicka Wow." Now I think "Cat Racist." Cat racist. <laughs> I'll decide at the end. Um, this was heaps fun. Like I like the sort of every issue is a cliffhanger, and the next um, creative team has to figure out how to get Commandy out of it. So in the end of the um, Jimmy Palmiotti Amanda Connor issue, mm-hmm. we saw Commandy like tied up, about to be sacrificed to a ja- like gigantic jaguar god, and then Commandy is swallowed, and we realize that it's a big robot. It's a big robot jaguar being um, controlled by um, Dr. Kano. Who is, this is like a different version of Dr. Kano? I don't know. Um, anyway, I really like this. Yeah. So this was a really fun way to solve that and then brings in murder kangaroo squad, which I love. With uh, hilarious uh, Australian accents and, yeah. uh, and, and, and slang. Um, I, uh, I also think it's important to point out that um, I think Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor's issue might be the most influential on the on the rest of the run because so far they're the only one, only team that have introduced a uh, a supporting character that stuck around for oh, the true. second issue. Yeah, absolutely. And this felt very in line with the last issue as opposed to the uh, the first few. Yeah, so I'm not sure who we're getting for the next. Um... Uh, no, I do. It's written right here. It is uh, Bill Willingham. Oh, great. And Ivan Reyes. Oh, that's fun. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be pretty fun. Yeah. Look, I love this. I love this conceptually, and I love it in action. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, over to Young Animal right now. We've got two Young Animal books. One of them is, uh, they're both issue six. We've got issue six of Doom Patrol and issue six of Mother Panic. Which one are you going to talk about first? Uh, let's talk about Doom Patrol. 
Uh, that is a great issue. Yeah, this issue um, may like it's still it's still pretty like impenetrable. But it was a fun. But, it was funly in, impenetrable. Oh, no, yeah, actually, and this one, this one made the most sense, I agreed. think, out of any of the issues so far. I just think that a lot of the stuff, like overarching stuff, like I don't understand what the team is doing as a whole. I don't really understand all the Danny Land stuff. I don't really understand who this Casey character is still, which is slightly frustrating. But all the stuff with um, Jane and Cliff and everything was brilliant. I wonder if you would enjoy this more if you knew it didn't. Somewhat, it doesn't actually tie into the previous incarnation, but these are all characters from Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol. Yeah, I wonder if you had not, if you didn't didn't know about existence or it never existed, if that would, uh, like you know, affect your enjoyment of this book at all. I think that would rob it of any like a little amount of meaning that it has. You know, like I think that it's um, like I like Nick Darrington's art so much, but I just like wish Tabris I wish Hull that there too. was a tiny bit more narrative structure to it just so I could follow what was going on and so it was just more of an enjoyable read I think this was far and away the easiest to follow agreed agreed I, I could actually I could recount the plot of this one for you yeah yeah whereas totally. I don't think I could have any of the other issues yeah absolutely um, and I know that you know this, this is a book that you know like eventually it makes sense if you if you read all the comics in, in all the issues in succession but uh, yeah, yeah it can be difficult to traverse when you're reading 60 issues a week yeah absolutely and then come back to this but real glad to see Crazy Jane Back on the team, favorite yeah. character. Yeah. Him. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, one of my favorite characters. Also, I love getting um, all of these uh, Bane's coloring corner. So fun by guys. Brandon Bird, and I really hope they collect it all in like a, in an actual Bane's coloring corner coloring in book. That would be that would be amazing. I, I think would, people will buy that. I would buy two. I'd buy one that my son can color in, and one that I file away and seal <laughs> forever, because I don't agree with sealing away comic books, but I do agree with sealing away coloring in books. <laughs> Imagine that if I had like a bunch of like GDC graded coloring in books. <laughs> uh, Mother Panic issue six by Jody Hauser and Sean Crystal. Um, I love this series now. I, yeah. I, this is, yeah, this yeah, is the yeah, young yeah. animal book that I really struggled with the most, um, just because I thought it was it was exceptionally hard to follow, mm. and we think that may have been because of Tommy Lee Edwards's art. I don't know, um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, about the the new vigilante in uh, in Gotham who. Uh, is somewhat mentally unstable because mm-hmm. of her upbringing. Um, she lives with her her mother, who herself has like you know secrets. real mental health problems. Yeah, um, but uh, this kind of brought everything together, and we've got Ratcatcher in this now. Because Ratcatcher is a is a is a regular Batman villain, right? I think. I mean, he's not one that I'm super familiar with, but I think so. Um, um, I like this. Like, I like the sort of it has shades of like the sort of Black Widow, Red Room kind of stuff, along with like just a classic socialite. Part-time socialite, part-time vigilante kind of stuff. I really think this is great. Yeah, me too. And his um, art is excellent. Um, who was it? Sean Crystal? Sean yeah. Crystal is excellent. Artist. Yeah, and then the, the backup, uh, we finally saw the end of Gotham Radio, um, written by Jim Kruger with uh, pencils by Phil Hester. Um, and uh, now I'm finally going to get them all together and read them all at once so I can make sense of this story that we got in fury, infuriatingly small chunks. Mm, yeah. But it's real good. <coughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're doing great stuff with Young Animal. Yeah, that, that, I'm excited that, to see what else they bring out. I feel like the last issue of all of the um, books has been really, really good. Mm. Agreed. Image time. Woo! And uh, it's a particular kick to the teeth when, uh, and I feel like every time it comes out, this happens, when we have an enormous week of comics, and on top of that, we get a new <laughs> issue of Jonathan Hickman's Black Monday Murders. This, I feel like, was the most felt Black Monday Murders issue. Yeah, it only this took me 20 minutes to read as opposed to 40. 40 to an hour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is the, uh, the 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 kind of book about 
and another Jonathan Hickman book about a secret society, but this one really kind of it got to the meat of what this society, why this society exists. It's about wealth, true wealth, mm. um, and you know, kind of brings into you know the, the the kind of money that people sacrifice lives for, how yeah. much wealth is is worth. Um, there's a brilliant interaction between our detective and uh, and a professor early on in this book that I, I thought was probably the highlight of the series so far. Uh-huh. Agreed. Um, and it was completely you know actionless, but it was just a brilliant explanation of, of this world and uh, some you know themes that you don't really hear of anywhere besides a fucking Hickman book. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love Hickman. I love uh, the problem. The biggest problem with reading this, you know, month to month is remembering each member of each of the different families and what they did in the last. It's basically like, what what did this old white man do again? <laughs> but and it's so interesting because he's using real, like real families, like real dynasties in the States, like the Rothschilds and stuff like that. Really? I had no idea. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, those are, those are real people. I'm pretty sure. Like that's a real family, the Rothschilds, right? Am I making that up? Am I? No, totally every, crazy? everyone's shaking their hand. <laughs> mm. well, you crazy. Anyway. Um, um, anyway, I love this, and I love the art by Tom Coker, and I love everything about this book. I think it is excellent. The first trade is out. Go get it. That's four. It like was you know. Are you thinking? <laughs> it was of, only four issues, but it was excellent. Are you thinking of Tim Roth, who has a child? Tim, That's a, you know what Tim that Roth's is. That child. is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> but anyway, this is excellent. I love this book. Yeah, it's a great book, um, and it's so different. Like it's not. It's not like anything else. Like it is like a lot of other Hickman books, but it's not like anything else on the shelves. And we don't get Hickman books as often as we would like to. So Absolutely. when they come, you got you got you got to devour them. Both hands. Uh, Loose ends finally released. It's long-awaited fourth issue. Um, when I say long, I mean that this like ten years. Yeah, this book started eight-ish years ago, mm. and uh, they only put out the first two issues. And so now we've finally got the entire series released um, monthly at Image this year. Um, written by Jason Latour with art by Chris Brunner and colors by Rico Renzi. Um, it is a, uh, a southern crime romance, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, this issue was extraordinarily beautiful mm-hmm. while being extraordinarily hard to follow. Agreed. Um, I think this will be a great one in trade, but yeah. um, without being able to reference... They're, they're, basically, each character has its own very intricate arc that mm-hmm. we see. Like We see histories of how these characters have interacted in the past together, just told on like... In, in tiny panels on, on, on a separate page and then suddenly we, we flit between timelines. It's really, really amazing. The art is so beautiful. And like, the layouts are phenomenal. And it's such a it's such an incredible um like whole whole sections with no um, dialogue and really just brilliant storytelling. Um, art wise and such a beautiful colour palette. Incredible backups that kind of show how um, Bruna does all of his his layouts and the kind of like the I guess like like you know sketching out what he's going to do on each mm. page. It's really really cool. Um, but yeah, it ends very abruptly. Um, I'm definitely going to go back and read all four issues in in the one sitting so I can yeah, make absolutely. more of this story because I really enjoyed it. I think it'll be incredibly rewarding in trade. Yeah, agreed. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, Latour's new book. What's it called again? Black Cloud. Black Cloud uh, is as rewarding as this was. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is a. I, I, I would absolutely recommend this. Just from a um, you know. A craft point of view, because yeah. it was. Uh, I've not seen layouts as crazy as as some of the uh, some of the pages in this book. Mm. God, they're fucking great, and the colours are incredible too. Very different palette to what you would normally see in a crime book. Yeah, absolutely. Did you read the Magdalena issue I, too? I did, and I enjoyed the first issue of this so much, and then the second issue, I felt 
like it was really half done or something. Yeah, I'm glad you said it before I did because I don't want to read another issue of this. <laughs> uh, Teeny Howard, Ryan Katie, Christian Dabari, and Mike Spicer on this comic about a. Uh, it's a, they've basically brought back an old Top Cow franchise from the 90s uh, and updated it somewhat so it's not as booby. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, we really enjoyed the first issue, um, and uh, yeah, just this one just kind of seemed a lot more. Um, uh, you know, like backstory, exposition, uh, yeah, heavy. I, and I feel like they rushed through too much. Like there was probably about two, three issues worth of content in this and I wish they just slowed down and allowed that stuff to happen a little bit more. Because when the action actually happens, it's not that amazing either. Yeah, totally. Um, and it's, it's sort of confusing. Like all of a sudden this character who only a week ago was like, I don't think I even believe in God is now like, now I'm a crusader <laughs> like now now i'm you know fully on board and i've made my own costume and all this kind of stuff and you're just like ah i wish that this was um just all happening a little bit more slowly yeah agree uh, I I'm, still, I'm gonna give it another issue though i won't nice <laughs> you know what was incredible this week yes maybe my favorite book uh the old guard greg rucker and um uh leander Le- 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 leander fernandez um the book about uh you know, uh, people who live forever. I believe Immortals. they have a term. Immortals. Uh, but are they? Not really. Uh, and an exploration of, you know, what it's like to be immortal, um, to, to, to lose everyone you love time and time again. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what draws these people to become warriors, assassins, soldiers, fighters uh, mm-hmm. throughout centuries. Um, this, it does such a, this is such a great job of uh, balancing, you know, back matter, and, and backstory mm-hmm. while, you know, moving the plot, the, the, the present day plot or, uh, forward at a cracking pace, mm. um, you know, introducing, you know, doing great stuff with the new character, with the old immortal and, the, you know, the, the, the immortal in between who we think is dead at the start of the issue. Um, oh, it's so incredible, especially those early pages. Like, whoa. Yeah. It's, it's just a, a phenomenal se- series and it's not something that I thought Rucker was able to write. In 2017, like I think, there is like a much, there is a more political hand to a lot, pretty much all of his other series that he's mm. doing at the moment. Like even Wonder Woman, I feel like is a heavier read than this mm. is. Um, this is just like a very very fun. I mean, there's some pretty like sad moments and some heavy overtones, but in a different way, I guess. Issue. I don't know. Yeah, but it's still like I don't know. I feel like it's it's quite a fun book to read. Uh, yeah, I, I I adore this book. Um, yeah, it's, it's really great. It's kind of made its way to the top of my pile. Absolutely now. agreed. Um, Underwinter was another new image book uh, that started the same week as the Magdalena, uh, written by Ray Fawkes, um, and it kind of told the story of a uh, string quartet who were hired to play a very uh, weird it's and weird, culty sexy party. Party, um, and uh, this second issue made no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> this is like a weird, like it's like a weird, horrible dream. I mean that in a good way. Like I like it. I really like this book. I think it's weird, and it's sort of. Um, this this issue was confusing until I realized that it was like each of the different char- like each member of the quartet sort of dealing with what they experienced. Um, so most of them are just like sweet, we're getting paid all of this money. But the one who accidentally, well, not accidentally, but the one who peeped and saw that there was a scary, sexy, um, naked godhead guy with a um, bird's head sitting in the chair listening to them is having sort of horrible, weird dreams. Um, and now they're going back. I, like, I really like this. I find it very distressing 
to read. Yeah, it's quite compelling because it, it, like the the art is so simple. Yeah, and really sparse and like sort of really basic shapes and watercolors. Yeah, it looks like he he drew all everything in watercolor and then just threw water at it. Yeah, I love it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's compelling enough to keep me hooked, even though I really like I, you know I, I, I like you. I kind of got that that was you know yeah their point of view, but like yeah, I couldn't tell you what what the plot of this. Is. No, no, but I don't care. <laughs> um, Hadrian's Wall. We got a new issue of this issue number six by Kyle Higgins, um, Alex Siegel, um, Gosh, with art by Rod Reyes. And uh, yeah, they've they've kind of done what I didn't see happening at all, and they've built a much bigger world for this mm. story to kind of expand into. Um, and you have so many more characters than what was once this quite closed room investigation of a murder is now so much more than that and we still delve into the each of the characters histories. Yeah, like this is this does like such a brilliant job of balancing like big world sort of um political stuff but the relationship stuff is so much at the core of it and the relationship between this sort of divorced couple is so um so brilliantly done. I love it. I really love this book and I love the art. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal book. Um, I, uh, I read Stray Bullets, issue number 23, nice. Sunshine and Roses, um, and uh, this was, again, another one of my favorite books that I read this week, uh, because, um, I mean, I, I, I can't, it's such a hard book to talk about, because we are so, I mean, I've talked about it in the past, that this mm. is like, this is filling in the gaps between issues of the original Stray Bullets run, mm. and it's, you know, filling in the gaps of maybe a couple of months to a year, um, but we're only seeing like a few weeks and, we, and I thought this was going to be like an arc that was lasting like maybe eight issues, but it looks like it's going to go like almost up to 30 issues. Um, and this one kind of uh, shows us what happens to the mother of, uh, of one of the main characters in Stray Bullets. And it's really, really tragic and sad. And she kind of are like, well, good. You got what was coming to you at the same time. Oh, man. Um, and while so many characters kind of like the, the end of their story is that bullet to the head, mm-hmm. this is so much sadder than that. Mm. Um, and uh, I loved, I love this series. I, I honestly like. I think this is maybe my favorite comic book series ever. Whoa! Um, because it has like I, I love, I love David Laffham's, um, uh, like his 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 pencils and inks. Are, are, yeah, the are art is so beautiful. good. And um, you know, I, I think the fact that it's black and white, like I just yeah, I I, I, I like it. you get the color, the color, the very colorful covers, and then that's it. You know, it's just it's like it's like it's feels like this very personal story, but it's. So enormous! Oh my god, I've realised that he's been numbering it the entire time. So this is we're getting wow. like we're up to like oh, page. Oh, like page. Yeah, sorry, yeah, numbering the pages. Oh, so wow. This this uh, this book ends on page number six hundred and forty-seven. Wow. Um, that's and pretty I, fun. And I also love that each issue ends with the end <laughs> because you that's could great. just stop and that's the end of this, you know. But it continues. Yeah. I know. I, I, I also like like crime. Crime fiction is probably my favourite genre. And okay. this is just a, a perfect example of, of this like book that for some reason is still still going, um, and and is kind of just done so much. I really like yeah. If, if I know, I always say like this is a totally a book. I, I I've been catching up with. I'm almost 100 percent on Love and Rockets, and I actually really think that that has dipped in quality the last mm. few years. Um, but uh, this is as good as it's ever been. And you know he he started this not as not as far back as uh, as Love and Rockets did, but you know. At some it was the early nineties. Stray Bullet started, Jim. Yep, and it's you know it's it's incredible today. Mm. He's it's almost nice. he's almost I think he's yeah he's like a few issues away from writing more issues since it came back than the the first forty issues. Nice, really cool. Stray Bullets, my favorite book. There, um, I said it. Oh my god, you're crazy. Um, so 
we also got issue 10 of Bitch Planet. Always a treat to get an issue of Bitch Planet. This is, I this love is the this series. This and Monstrous are the two series. Every time you review, I'm like, why the fuck haven't I caught yeah, up on this yet? Why haven't you caught up on this? This is really, really good. So, um, this is uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's sort of <laughs> feminist tract with art by Valentine Lelandro, I believe his name is. Just pure grindhouse, awesome action fun. This is a brilliant, brilliant series. Um, probably you don't need me to tell you that much about it. But we're now in the middle of like a prison riot on Bitch Planet as well as things are now happening on Earth um, to protest the locking up of um, the president who is a sick bitch. And I <laughs> love this comic book. This is so much fun to read. Um, really satisfying from a like, sort of um, feminist revenge angle and just continuously... Um, Art looks so good. Yeah, the art's excellent. Like this is this is fun on a number of levels. It's fun to read as a feminist book. It's fun to read just as a straight up grindhouse comic. Like that, you can enjoy it on many many levels, and it's got some of the best back matter in um, in comics. You get oh, a lot. Of, looks so you, good. you got like so many pages of essays and letters, and um, you know it's such a like Bridge Planet. Uh, Bridge Planet is such a movement. Like people, you know, get the non-compliant tattoos, and this is the first issue that came out after the election. Um, so this says a lot of letters of people kind of oh, dealing a- with and commiserating and then lots of pictures of people from the various women's marches around the world with their non-compliant tattoos and hats and, and all that kind of stuff. So, so cool. Really, really cool. And this is the only thing that Kelly Pseudoconic's doing at the moment, right? Uh, I think so. I think that Pretty Deadly has paused. I don't think that's happening at the moment. I'm pretty sure she's working more on TV stuff at the moment. Yeah, there you go. Um, but this is heaps excellent, heaps worth. Guys, read this book. You don't need me to tell you, but do it. Um, I haven't gotten around to reading Black Road number nine yet. Um, well, then I won't give away too much, but it was a good issue. Great. Great. Good on you, Brian Woods. Good on you, Brian. And also the artist on that book, who is also good. Yep. What's his name? Steve Wands. Good on you, Steve. Um, this leaves us with a handful of books that were not published by DC, Marvel, or Image this week. Um, we've got two Dark Horse, a Valiant, a Titan. Mm-hmm. You might have a few more. There was an Archie book this week? No, that was last week. Was that last week? That's okay. last week. Sorry, yeah, there were a couple of things here that were just in my pile of things that I should have brought. Um, should we talk about Exo Manowar? Oh, I was Hookjaw. Fuck, this is the worst week of my life. Um, Hookjaw is now like too grand. It's, it's, it's actually gotten a, like... Too violent? Too, not violent, just kind of too dumb. Oh, wait, <laughs> I think it was the end. This is the final issue. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think I enjoyed how silly it got. It ends. It ends very, very. If if you like the end of Reservoir Dogs, this does the shark version of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it ended. We know when it, when it started, there were there were a lot, there was a lot of silly bullshit going on, but it was it was a very intelligent book, and mm. it still is somewhat. But it ended a lot dumber than I thought it would. Nice. Um, but I, I would, again, I would still recommend Hookjaw. Yeah, I, I believe it was five five issues, and then it's gone. Still worth it. Siceburia, Connor Boyle, Julia Brusco, and Rob Steen. Thank you for this book. Can I borrow that copy of yours? Yes, you can. Oh, look, it's quite a big pile. Yeah, I know. Which I haven't actually started. So there's not actually a pile of books. We have to go back and listen to the episode and figure out what you need to borrow. (laughs) Bridger was just that other number one. Um, Exo Manowar, number two, by Matt Kent, Thomas Giorello, and Diego Rodriguez uh, through Valiant. Heaps Uh, fun. Fucking great series. I just love, like, after. I don't know. I, I just love how straightforward it is. Yeah, totally. Um, and I'm not sure if you know that the previous runs of Exo Manowar were. I remember I bought when when Valiant came back. I did get the first few issues of Exo Manowar, but 
a lot of that felt to me like they were, you know, remember how good Exo Manor was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I didn't know what that was. I, so I, I never I didn't really stick with it. Same. This is like, this just, this just feels like such a clean start. Absolutely. Even though they're referencing so many things that happened in the past. It's I just a really, it's a really well thought out, self-contained story. Yeah, agree. I think Matt Kent's done a really good job of creating something that satisfies older readers, but also new readers. Yeah. And like, you know, it, it is an action book. And like with a little bit of like espionage throughout it, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know the, the, the themes that is it Arik, mm-hmm. uh, the ex of War bloke uh, has like and like you know his yeah his discussions with people and especially his discussions with uh, his armor which is fashioned into a ring that he mm-hmm. wears around his neck, um, really really phenomenal and and like yeah I just think this is a like a great book yeah it's really exceptional and it's um we got a little uh, preview and interview with Matt Kent in the back of what the next sort of um massive valiant standalone event called the rapture which is ninjak and shadow man in a sort of tolkien-esque fantasy world which sounds heaps fun i'm yeah. really into it i'm really excited i doing some great stuff although i have to say yeah. I, I have no idea what exo man wars armor or powers or whatever like at one point no. he just kind of like pulls like a harpoon of light or something out of out of thin air yeah he's just like a cool warrior right can all cool warriors do that? I should look up the Wikipedia page. <laughs> um, over to Dark Horse now. We've got the 11th issue of Aliens Defiance. And uh, I don't know what happened to Tristan Jones, uh, but yeah. he seems to do this a lot, right? <laughs> he just kind of doesn't finish the runs that he starts. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, it's Brian Wood with uh, Eduardo Francisco uh, filling in for Tristan Jones. As it has, I think it, I mean, this is like the third different fill-in artist yeah. trying to ape Tristan Jones' style, but this is a, a lot more kind of close to like anime or like manga kind of vibes um, uh, in the faces. The faces look very, very Japanese. I don't know. Maybe oh, not. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not what I would have said, but. Well, what would you have said? Nothing. Shinbone. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, the, the, it looks like they're kind of winding down this series. Um, I was confused by this issue. It jumps. F- yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, there was like time jumps, but or I didn't understand jumps them. Or timeline jumps. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't signposted enough for old Shinbone. But our hero has been captured. Um, yeah. And uh, is not viewed as a hero by many. No. So oh. I feel like a, lot, a lot's going to be revealed in, in the final issues of this run, which I've enjoyed for the most part. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's not as fantastic as it was. And I, I miss the Android. Same. Um, Rebels is another Brian Wood book that came out this week. Which you, read, you actually read it. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, written by Brian, Brian Wood with um, really great art by Andrea Muti. Um, this is uh, the second run of Rebels, which kind of uh, it's like a historical epic, um, which follows like a family in uh, in kind of key moments of uh, of American history. And uh, this is uh, like basically like the construction of the uh, USS Constitution. Um, the USS. Con- oh, sorry. <laughs> yes, that is that is correct. Um, and also like uh, yeah, like kind of ties into the abolitionist movement. Mm. Um, all these are all patchy things that I vaguely remember from modern history, sorry, from yeah. modern history in uh, in in high school. Yeah. Uh, but I, I really enjoy the the character in this, and I, I actually quite enjoyed that he is describing the, at one point, like you know, he, all he he's only comfortable when he's talking about boats and and, yeah. and 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 you know he's obsessed with boats, but he's not good at social interaction. And I thought that was a nice explanation of someone being perhaps on the spectrum. Mm. Um, and. Uh, it then ends. It ends with like a, a very great and apt cliffhanger, given the time of mm. uh, someone like basically like dueling him without waiting for him to pull a pistol, just straight up just shooting him, murking this guy in the street. And I, I don't know. I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I find this kind of boring. 
Yeah, right. So I'm probably not going to read that much more. But I don't think it's bad. It's just like, I just find it a bit boring. Yeah. Is that what you do? It's also like, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Whatever. One last book. American history is complicated. Um, I also read issue six of Hillbilly by Eric Powell. This was great because it was one whole solid issue of Eric Powell art. And um, on this, I loved this issue. We see Hillbilly. He's been captured by an evil witch whose name I can't remember. Witchy poo. No, like six-toed Agnes, something like that. Twelve-toed <laughs> uh, Maggie. Hey, I was really you're, you're, close. You're very close. Close to the man, anyway. Um, and another man has also been captured by the witch, and they, you know, decide to unburden themselves of things that they've done this, in their lives. So the other guy, um, you know, cheated on his wife, and he felt really bad about it up until right now. And um, Hillbilly tells a story about how he became best friends with a grizzly bear, and it's really good. I really like this book. I think it's excellent, and I love Eric Powell. He's good. He's a treasure. He really is. I also just wanted to mention quickly one that I picked up in the States, so I'm not sure like how um, achievable it is to track down, but um, just it is a single comic called Baby Bell Wax Bodysuit. Great. Um, by <laughs> Eric Kostiuk-Williams. Why did you pick this up? <laughs> it's so funny because my boyfriend actually picked up a bunch of like really pervy looking comics, but they ended up being like really sick queer or feminist comics. Right. He picked up this one that was like about a prostitute, um, but it's a Trina Williams comic and it is a fuck oh no, Trina Robin, sorry. And it is a fucking incredible. Um, but this one um, is just like some really excellent sort of half uh, like autobio diary comics um, by a queer creator, half sort of weird fantasy ones. Like there's like this crazy story about um like <laughs> like Britney Spears who's been um cloned for a million years and like held captive by her creators and now she's like sort of escaped and figuring out what she's going to do like it's really <laughs> excellent i like really really highly recommend um tracking down this guy because his art's exceptional yeah it's um you can find this at uh retrofit um, is the store that you can find it retrofit dot store dot com and it's six dollars US. Nice, it's pretty cheap. That's cheap as hell. Was it Eric Costiuk Williams, Williams? I would say from Toronto. Um, yeah. Wow, great, excellent. So those are all, all our reviews. Cool. All Did we want to reference quickly? Also, I also read Roughneck, which um, oh shit, yeah, of course. I, I, I read a trade too, actually. Oh wow! How um, how did we how did we do that this week? How I read the trade on like this? Monday before the new comics came out. Yeah, yeah, same. Actually, I read Roughneck. So Roughneck is the uh, the Jeff Lemire book um, that I spoke very briefly about last week, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like a return to the Essex County ish um, Jeff Lemire that we know and love. Um, super Canada, yeah, Super Real Canada, Real Canada vibes. Um, and uh, you have uh, like an ex hockey, a, disgr- a disgraced hockey player, mm-hmm. uh, trying to uh, kind of reconnect and save his estranged sister. Yeah, so real sort of like working class, um, you know, drug problems, abusive families, living in really rural Canada, and they're, and they're First Nations, um, yes. as well. Um, and like just really, really, yeah. Jeff Lemire is such so fucking brilliant. Like everything he writes. That's not true. But, like, most of the things he writes are so, so excellent. And the things that he writes that are more personal and about sort of, you know, Canada and family and stuff like that, I think, are always really um, compelling. And yeah. his art's really lovely on this as well. Yeah, it's, and it's a beautiful book too. Um, lovely hardcover. Mm. Um, yeah, I, th- I think uh, this is... And this is... A, it's like all of his... All these books... Sorry, I just realized you've got a kid phantom book. What the <laughs> yeah, fuck sorry. is that? Yeah, the, this is the thing that... Um, 
do you guys know the phantom um which is still published in australia by fru publishing and quarterly they're going to put out um like a kid version of the phantom called kid, kid phantom. phantom it All has right. stickers in the middle isn't that cool <laughs> all comic books should have stickers in the yeah, middle yeah absolutely anyway it's gonna be roughneck. slightly less racist than the phantom usually is <laughs> let's uh, find out roughneck was uh was like, yeah one of, the, one of the best things i've read so far this year a really really complete and 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 fun to read book um you know, and like you know, I mean, fun in like a really hard way. It's all like Sorry, yeah, drug addictions wrong, wrong and words. Um, sort of <coughs> domestic abuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey, God, um, snow. I thought it was it was like a very satisfying read, and it has yeah. a, has a really lovely ending. Yeah, um, Re- like yeah, it, it's hard to explain, um, but it's it's an exceptional book that you guys should check out. I wish you he should name it because it almost is like a trilogy of like Canadian kind of dramas that he's mm. written with uh, Essex County. Underwater world, somewhat, but definitely mm. Essex County and Roughneck, I think, fit very much in the same same world. Yeah, absolutely, and I think Roughneck might be my favorite so far. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, really I'm going to reread Essex County because I I love that book. Yeah. Um, I also read um a uh, a book called Soupy Leaves Home by Cecil Castellucci and Jose Pimentia. Cecil Castellucci, who writes Shade the Changing. That's right, which is why I picked this up. <coughs> um, and uh, yeah, so she wrote this book for Dark Horse. Um, it is a being billed as an all ages um, book, but I found it like it's pretty dense, mm. and um, the themes that it covers are, are pretty heavy. It's basically about a um, a girl who dresses up as a boy and um, after after kind of being abused by her father oh, and wow. um, becomes a hobo. Huh. And um, it's all about train running and um, the hobo code, which I found <laughs> extremely interesting. So um, many so many hobo code focused books lately. Two. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, this actually goes into the hobo code and what what symbols drawn um, on certain properties mean. Like you know, if, if if this is a house that might give you a free meal, or if this is a place yeah. where hobos aren't welcome, you, you, there's symbols around. And it, yeah, it's about her basically kind of like coming to terms with who she, who she is and uh, being able to face what she ran away from. Um, I really enjoyed this book. Um, highly recommend it if you are interested in the Hobo Code or interested in uh, in just kind of you know reading a, a, a some. I would say an early, when, it, when it's all ages, I would say it's like a, it's a late teens kind of book. Which is yeah, kind of the what art my, looks exceptional as well. Yeah, the art was really great and great use of colors too. I said exceptional a lot today. Did you? Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Those are our reviews um, this week. Um, I hope you find something that you've not read before that you can go and read because reading comics is the best. It's really fun. We complain about it so much because we read so many, but it's I still would choose to do this. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so there's an insane amount of comics coming out this week. Yeah, wow. Um, not as many as the ones that came out last week, but I mean, number one-wise, there's like 20. Yeah, um, we've you get got Secret the- Empire number one, a whole bunch of Guardians of the Galaxy number ones. The main one you want to check out is uh, the all-new Guardians of the Galaxy book, which has been written by Jerry Duggan with art by Aaron Cuda. Um, I've got really high hopes for this. I want to oversell it, but I really think this could be the Guardians book that I've wanted to read for like five years. Wow. Um, I'm really excited for Bane Conquest issue one because this Dixon. is the return of Chuck Dixon, guys. And who's on art? I don't know, but it's someone great who um, I'm excited about. Yeah, and uh, actually, if you, if you like um, if you like Chuck Dixon, um, and one I of, do one of our um, our listeners, uh, David, actually um, was inspired by us to start his own podcast. Oh, cool! Um, and it is called Don't Start Signal of Doom. Podcast? No, it's not competitive at all. But he <laughs> he he uh, he actually interviewed Chuck Dixon. Oh wow! So he's going to put up an interview with Chuck Dixon. He said it's really easy. You just you just straight up just 
tweet at creators and they're like, sure, you can interview yeah. me. So yeah, check out Signal Man, of Doom. we should Doom, do that more. Because uh, David is a nice contributor on our group. and oh, uh, nice. Always been, a, a, you know, got, oh, got in touch with David. us. Got in, yeah, David Finn is his He's name. He's a lovely dude. Uh, Signal of Doom, yeah. Go, I he, sold he, him something. He got in touch with us very early on in uh, when, when we started. And, you know, I guess like when, when that's his way of helping us out by saying he likes the podcast. So I'm happy to help him out too. Um, just being so mean all the time. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, one I'm really excited, another number one that I'm really excited for is Eternal Empire number one, um, which is... Uh, the reteaming of the Alex and Ada team. Which is one of, of my favorite image series. Yeah, Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughan. So I'm really keen to check that out. Um, we've got a Jean Grey series starting, a Black Bolt series starting. Um, Injustice 2 starts over at DC. Oh, um, well, thank goodness. Um, we've got a Predator book starting at Dark Horse. Um, there is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Funko Universe book starting that we're going to have to read, so looking forward to that. Also, Youngblood issue one. Yes. Yep, Rob Liefeld's uh, f- uh, franchise is back. Uh, Tekken has its own book starting. Yes. And uh, then there's uh, a graphic novel starting coming out um, called My Brother's Husband, which is a collection of a manga about um, like someone, like a long-lost brother's who's now dead. His boyfriend comes to Tokyo to live with his brother's family. Yeah, it sounds crazy. I've heard really good things about it, especially because it's you know like 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 the uh, you know like gay culture is is extremely different and differently viewed in in Tokyo. So mm. that's going to be a really really compelling read, I think. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. There's also the first um, first volume of um, Motor Girl is out next week. That's if right. You want to pick that up. We love that. Divinity Three Stalinverse also comes out in trade next week, so that's mm-hmm. a good one to pick up. We get another issue of the uh, anthology comic Gumballs cool. through IDW that yep, we quite I'm enjoyed when it first that. came out. Oh, There's man. heaps of good stuff next week. Lots, lots of great stuff coming out next week. That gross comic Blood Blister issue too that comes yeah, out. Yeah, I gross stuff. Read that and feel unhappy. Extremity, um, also issue three of that. You like I'm that really one. Came for that. Awesome. Well, so those are our recommendations Whew. for the week. Just um, everything. Just read everything, guys. If you live in Sydney, come and visit us at uh, King's Comics this Saturday for free comic book day. It's going to be so much fun, guys. Sorry, yep. <laughs> I'm in agreement. It'll be heaps fun. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Uh, again, you can find us facebook.com slash serious issues podcast or facebook.com slash groups slash serious issues podcast. Come and join the fun. Uh, I'm at levdog, L E V D A W G, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And Siobhan is Siobhan CBG at Twitter and Instagram. We are serious underscore underscore issues on Twitter. Oh, I think that's, I think that's about everything. Good oh, job. Just find Good us. Job, man. Just Google our names and, yeah, and, and click follow on everything and send us money. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Send us money. Bye. Bye. Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam and is about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin and is all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.